right. All coked up and ready to go. <laughs> okay. Oh, welcome oh to- is this thing on? <laughs> welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, uh, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, Raylan. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. We're, we're very high energy today. We're we're not at all a bunch of low energy Jeb, Jeb Bushes no. today. Well, when you only have to work a three day week, you've got energy at by the end of it left. So I'm fucking well tired. Well <laughs> And uh, also joining us this week uh, is a uh, recurring guest on the show, uh, Peter Douche. Peter, what's going on? Hey, I didn't know this was a socialist podcast. I mean, that changes everything. <laughs> Oh, you didn't? You didn't Fo- know we, foiled uh, again by your intern. I, I thought we were all <laughs> radical centrists here. <laughs> Once again, we've uh, well, tricked you. You really, you really fall for it every time, though, man. Like you really gotta, you, you gotta like look at your schedule better. You, you just get tricked into these things, and then you kind of yeah, you're well, pot committed at this point. That's what happens when you're a radical centrist. It doesn't read articles or inform themselves. You just, you just <laughs> believe everyone. It's just part of the shtick. Yeah, man. Oh God! Well, well I, uh, I, I would say that socialists are, to me, is the center, and everything, anything to sure. the right of socialist is right wing to me. So there you go. Yeah, no, that makes sense. There you go. Um. So we, yeah. So uh, interesting week this week. This is, of course, our last episode of uh, twenty eighteen. So uh, interesting year at the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we've. We've come along, you know. I, I didn't mention this beforehand, but it, we should actually kind of talk about where we've, how far we've come as a as a podcast since we started doing this. Do you remember when? I don't even remember when you started on the show, comrade. Do you remember? Uh, it was, I want to say, late February, early March and of this year. Yeah, this year. Oh, crazy. Uh, so fairly early in the year. <clears throat> yeah, because I uh, I listened to you, Anthony, before comrade was even on. I, but now I just I think of you two together, right? Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's really well, morphed. It's, it's and it was like I think I've said this before, but at, at first couple times I was on, I would forget to talk because I felt like I was just listening to a podcast, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm part. I'm in the. <laughs> this is live, and I have to participate." <laughs> oh, that's cool though. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. We we we've come like like we people. I'm sure I don't know if we have any listeners from like the first first episode we did, but that was way back when when we were like, it, the the show was awful back then. It looked it was nothing like this. That that was even before Ladonna was on. I, I it was yeah. me and Adrian, uh, who was who was great, but she had a kid, so she had to <clears> go uh go go be a mother and <laughs> and whatnot, and right. I yell about politics for an hour every week. Well, I'm committed um, to having, having no children ever for this sake. You, of this yeah, well, I want I want that in writing. I want a fucking clause <laughs> in your next contract, your next co-host contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't be um, fucking getting knocked up and leaving the shit. No. Um, no, so not gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, so no, but we it, it's fun, you know. Our our audience is finally start. It's, I think it's starting to find its audience. We're really seeing the numbers kind of tick up, which is is nice to see. Um, and that's no doubt helped by uh, all of the you know the interview uh, guests we've had, and then the people uh, that come on to guest host with us, like Jules and like uh, you, uh, Peter. And it's you know I, I think we're heading into twenty nineteen. I think the future is bright for the uh, move left universe. If you will. Oh, absolutely. Well, and there is the Facebook page, which if you just post links to a podcast on a Facebook page, like no one's going to give a shit. 
But in between the the links to the actual podcast, I've been trying to post uh, uh, decent dank memes, uh, and that's definitely like drawn in several hundred more uh, followers there. So that's good. Weaponized memetics is that uh, that that intelligence report referred to the Russian yeah. uh, <laughs> Russian meme fact. Was that actually in there? Oh no no, I, I'm, no! I'm sorry. It was worse than that. It was it was memetic warfare is actually how it was referred. <laughs> <You're> memetic. <shitting laughs> <laughs> they this, were this like, close to just typing dank memes yeah no i mean seriously like literally the the, the fucking goofy ass <laughs> like you know that like that meme that chris hayes shared about like uh uh, you know, uh, hold hands with Jesus and stuff, whatever that fucking weird, like, don't masturbate meme was. It's like, was... these are the things that are going to take down the U.S. government, like, somehow, <clears throat> apparently. It, it's just fucking beyond goofy and laughable. Um, but, you know, people get paid $100,000 a year to go on, M- on an MSNBC and uh, talk about medic warfare. So, yeah, great. Um <laughs> uh but yeah we had an eventful week uh this week fairly eventful uh a lot of foreign policy very foreign policy heavy uh stuff uh this week uh but obviously one of the big things that happened uh over the christmas uh break christmas holiday or christmas week whatever you want to call it is uh department of homeland security uh let a another fucking child die in their custody uh so there was an eight-year-old this time um that died in uh, Customs and Border Protection custody. Uh, the kid had the flu. They had the kid sitting around for 90 minutes without treatment or without any kind of care. And the kid you know, didn't make it. Um, and, you know, again, you, you see Kirsten Nielsen, the uh, DHS secretary, going on TV and, and pulling her whole bullshit song and dance of like, oh, well, our hearts go out to the family of this kid that is affected. And then again, into her spiel of like, well, and this is just another reason why, uh, you know, that we tell people that, that that parents shouldn't choose to take their kids onto this into this uh, extremely dangerous journey. And, you know, the, the fucking fear mongering. It's like, you, you think they wanted to take their fucking kid with the flu through the, through, you know, 3000 miles through the desert? Like, you think they did that for fucking fun? Like, no, it was because they were probably well, fleeing an even worse situation on their they're fucking... They're just sort of admitting that they don't have the capacity or the aim to provide care, medical care. And if that's the case, then logically, logical, compassionate brain would go, well, then I don't have the capacity to put them in custody in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah, but they still do. We got to let them in then, I guess. But like, then well, also, we, that, you know, the logical brain is also going to hear that argument and say, well, you know, even Kirsten Nielsen is making the case that these people are leaving violent, terrible conditions because they're willing to do all of that. Yeah, well, they just don't make the second leap in logic. It's like crazy. They never acknowledge those conditions, though. They never talk about those conditions. They just say, well, you chose to come here and you knew the risks. Like, you knew that we couldn't care for your kids and they might actually die of the cold, you know. <laughs> A lot of people say, and I and I'm actually starting to believe it. I thought it was a little conspiratorial at first. There's a good chance that they're letting a couple of kids die as a deterrent, like just to say, "Hey, don't come here. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna kill these kids, but we're not gonna save these kids either." And like you know, if a couple kids die, that's a great deterrent to say, "Hey, don't even bother to make the trip because we're not gonna take care of you, and if you're sick, we're not gonna help you." Yeah, and if you're fucking dying of thirst, you know. um, I don't disagree with you in the least on that. The the doctors they have there close by are probably not 
the best doctors in the world. You know, they're not. We're not sending our our our, our best. We're sending our best and brightest. No, the criminals and the rape. Like get some intern um, doctors down there. You know, prison prison doctors probably not the most. Uh, you know, didn't. Get what's the what's honors. what's the equivalent of public defendant, but for doctors? That's probably what we're sending down <laughs> to the border. Sell Sell Goodman uh, medical <laughs> Shuff- care. Medical shuffling clinic. their shuffling their fucking paperwork around, like searching for their stethoscope and their jack. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just fucking horrific and, you know, barbaric. And and it's not to say that the Obama administration wasn't horribly barbaric to uh, immigrants at the border. But again, there's just like a total fucking lack of any kind of humanity whatsoever coming out of the DHS. Uh, and it's another great reason why uh, DHS doesn't need to exist. It didn't exist before 2003. It was created in the wake of the bullshit, you know, the, the fear mongering around 9-11 with the Patriot Act and all that, and it serves no purpose. You know, I, I remember a while ago, I, I was actually, uh, I, I, I said on the show that I'm not fully in favor of open borders, meaning like, I, I understand conceptually that borders are fucking stupid and you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't uh, arbitrarily because you were born 10 miles on either side of an imaginary line that people drew up be afforded different rights and privileges and things like that um but i was saying because we've been such a fucked up country in the past to so many other countries they would rightfully want to get in to our country and and exact revenge on us so i at least want like a modicum of of security in terms of like vetting certain people coming in that like you know may want whatever so but i i've almost completely turned around on that and and as as comrade was saying move to the left on that because there's still those problems that i think exist and 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 concerns i think they're outweighed by the fact that what we're doing on the border right now is so barbaric and so obviously predatory and in the name of uh making a profit that i think the only tenable solution is to just abolish customs and border protection altogether and and fucking deal with (laughs) deal with deal with the consequences in terms of you know the a couple people that would get in that maybe we don't want to get in if it means we're not killing fucking well, children. Well, you can't get in anymore. if there's no border, you know. I mean, the idea of a border, it's it's such an old archaic colonial empire idea. You know, yeah. this country used to just be regions and territories, and if you look at the maps of all the uh indigenous peoples of North America, um it's if you look at a good map at least, it's all these overlapping, you know, like regions, right? There'll be different areas that were different um you know, Ooh, some go into were, Canada and some go into yeah, Mexico. Yeah, like, yeah, and the idea of a border was it's just like that was to create a prison, basically, where now the king or the pope or whoever, it's like here, this is the border of our empire. We own everything inside mm-hmm. of it. We own the factories, we own the farmers, we own everything. And you pay a tax to us for the right to live in this area. Right. And that's I mean, that's still such a the idea of, of property being privatized and you have to pay to live on it. You know, it, it goes against everything that it seems silly on its face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We are headed towards feudal times again here. So, yeah, that's true. So I, yeah. I have an ex that uh, worked for the State Department long before I did. And she was stationed overseas and she was talking about how what a tragedy is in Armenia, because the government like 50 percent of the people just don't pay taxes and just subsist off the land. And they were trying to, the government's trying to figure out how to force the other half of the country to, to pay taxes and, you know, basically enclose the commons of their lives. So they couldn't just, just live off freely off the land. 
you know, they thought that was abhorrent. They were like, we have to force them to live on the grid, so to speak, you know, and it's just like, why, it, that goes against the way that human nature is, is just to live, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's like that, right. that cartoon where um, there's a guy sitting under a tree and a capitalist walks up and gets an idea and he's like, hmm, so he cuts the tree down, cuts it in boards, builds a, uh, a little shack and then charges this guy to keep sitting there in the shade of it, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's that's what happens when you have complete corporate capture of the government, though, which is an inevitable byproduct of capitalism. We uh, there, there are states where literally you will be penalized for not using city electricity. Like if you have solar panels exclusively, you'll be like penalized for I think in Arizona they passed a law like that. It's fucking mental. Like it, it's just right. Yeah, they're trying to prevent feed-in tariffs where people start to generate their own electricity and then sell it to the grid rather than charge you know get charged for it by using it off the grid which is so funny because it's so anti what they claim capitalism and free markets are supposed to be about it's like in a free market if this guy had the idea to just harvest his own electricity from the sun and sell it then hey that's the fucking free market like obviously you need to do that yourselves if you want right. to subs- but it's, but of course they don't oh, actually believe in free hilarious. markets. But you need yeah. to make yeah. sure it's safe by regulating it through the government yeah, so, sure, so sure. Well, yeah. we want to make sure the price doesn't get too out of whack, or right? our, yeah. or our corporate yeah. overlords. Yeah, it's just it's, they're just so full of shit. It's it's unreal. Uh, biggest hypocrites. But um, so yeah, Kirsten Nielsen's a fucking piece of garbage. Um, and we are totally cool with killing children. Uh, that that come to us, you know, seeking asylum. Uh, of course. By by the way, and another unspoken thing is that all these people are now getting. Uh, you know, d- detained, you know, out in the desert, in the middle of the desert and things like that, because Trump uh, made it clear that uh, he, cl- first of all, he closes ports arbitrarily, which you're not really allowed to do um, as, you know, a country that participates in uh, asylum, granting asylum. He, he'll just fucking close ports of entry, forcing people to try to cross, you know, at, not at borders or not at ports of entry. Uh and uh, the people that do go up to show up to ports of asylum, it, that's where they rip the fucking kids away from the parents. So that's another deterrent to not yeah. or, or even they, have you try to seek legal you know, asylum. They won't even let them in. They'll just let them sit on a bridge for a week or more until their food and water runs out. Yeah. They try to starve and, them out and say, you know, no, you're not, you're not coming in. Yeah. And, and, and the real point is that it's not even nobody really cares about these people coming across. It's just a political issue. Yeah, no, of course not. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck. But that's the real tragedy. The other thing I found out that I, I assume, but I didn't realize the extent of it, is that he obviously takes a ton of money from the private prison industry. There, the uh, private prison prison industry uh, revolving specifically around border detainment uh, got like a three point two billion dollar contract after he took office, and essentially, that's the reason uh, these people are being held indefinitely instead of what Obama did, which was catch and release or in a a lot of instances or things like that. Oh, because they're literally profiting off of them by by detaining them arbitrarily. Obama tripled that, uh, that amount of money from Bush before him too. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a a, a consistent bipartisan escalation of privatizing the border and to be a new, a new new war, a new war. (laughs) Right. And both sides are for, for all the same privatization, really. I mean, it's, you know, Cory Booker is the, Democrats just pretend to be a little less uh, gung ho about it, but they yeah, really we're love less the dickish about it because they want to keep our support. But that's still the same end goal. Yeah, 
no of course uh and it's it, it's fucking disgusting but uh that's that's who we are apparently as, as a nation. did you see her um her testimony uh last week did you see any of that footage uh, I saw, I saw, a, uh, I think I saw her on a cable news show defending it, saying the stuff I was saying, but I, I did not yeah. see, I don't think I saw her testimony. Well, there was, there was definitely a few Congress persons who, um, got livid with her because, you know, they just show up and go, well, we don't know. How would we know? You know, the, the question was how many children have died in custody? <laughs> and she said, I, I couldn't say, well, can you guess? She's like, well, I can't speculate on her oath. Well, it's like, I, you're the head of the department. And one guy just like screamed at her like, how do you not know how many children died in your custody? How do you not yeah. know that? He, I was like, I don't know who hey, that Carmen, guy How is, many people at your me. office uh, died this month? Um, well, I, I mean, I don't think any, but of course, you know, they're not um, under my direct how many, supervision. Yeah, how many, so. how many died <laughs> under your direct supervision or how many died under your watch in your particular office building? <laughs> Right. I'm gonna well, guess you know the exact it's like number. How um, you know the police world, you know nationwide, the police count every single bullet fired, but they don't count how many people they've killed. Right. Yeah, but it's by of course it's by design. But you know to to bring this back to this, um, you know in California, an undocumented person just recently killed a cop, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that that story will trump any human rights issue. Oh, you'll hear about that, right? And uh, yeah, we'll know his name. Fucking you know, Chris I'm Pine sure. had yeah, that was his pin tweet. I was like, "What the fuck, bootlicker? What do you? Uh, I don't understand how these again. Hollywood celebrities turn into total uh, cop I mean, he's lovers. Captain America, to be fair. <laughs> no, he's he's Star Lord, but um, yeah, the oh, other guy. No, Chris the, Chris Pratt. You mean Chris Pratt? There we go. Yeah, they're all fucking named Chris. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just like something where they, you know, a lot of these films they do, they want free military gear, so they submit the script to the Pentagon if it gets approved, and they have to have very favorable coverage of the military. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember in Black Panther, even then it was like, well, the CIA's kind <laughs> CIA of dirty, but was... still, you know, yeah, it's always, there's always like a good, you know, the one corrupt person, but then like overall law enforcement in the state and our intelligence agencies mm-hmm. are always looked upon as, as a, uh, uh, overall good entity positive. that was corrupted yeah. as opposed to just a really and, fucking and then, rotten system yeah and then you see all these celebrities that carry water for that narrative and you know tweeting out like oh it's such a tragedy it's like what it's fucking well they changed a- changed the laws to where our government's allowed to propagandize us yeah and and i mean there's a whole yeah, as you mentioned there's a whole hollywood like military like film commission it, it, it's just fucking bullshit but you know a lot of these guys to their I don't know if I should say to their credit. I, I don't think that they're intentionally part. I just think they're they're not particularly smart individuals, or they're not particularly uh, pensive individuals. And they're just like, oh yeah, of course. Well, you know, d- I've been raised since birth to respect the troops and respect cops. And uh, right, uh, you know, like it, I don't think it. I don't think it enters into their brain of like, hey, you know, like because a lot of them consider themselves, you know, progressive or liberal or whatever they would call themselves. So, you know, so it's just. I think they're just they're they're programmed and they're rich enough that they don't have to actually look into any one particular issue beyond surface level, you know. Yeah. If only we had more Marlon Brando's left. <laughs> yeah, or Dalton Trumbos for that matter. There you go. Um, but yeah, but by, by the way, I said Chris Pine's Captain America. That's also not true. <laughs> Chris Chris Pine is fucking Captain Kirk. Chris Evans is Captain America. Chris Pratt uh, is Star Lord. 
I, and I was thinking Chris and Pratt Christopher Walken is none of those, those stories. <laughs> and then was it Chris Hensworth is Thor? So yeah, yes. they all have. They so all share God, one name. Jesus Christ! They all fucking yeah. look alike. All these white guys. They, they, all these they white do. actors look alike. God, they are. You all look alike to me. Um, but yeah, no. So um, you know, I, I also wanted to mention. Obviously, you know, we had Christmas uh, over over the last week. Um, but people in Damascus, uh, you know, which has has recently been liberated from ISIS, uh, were not able to celebrate uh, Christmas the way that uh, they probably would have liked to, because Israel decided to uh, shell Damascus, uh, shell what they said was a weapons facility. But who fucking knows? I'm sure we'll so that's hear the about capital that of Syria. On. That's what yeah, Jesus would have wanted. And it's actually right. one of the, ironically, one of the highest concentrations of Christians in Syria is in Damascus. So they actually do celebrate Christmas in Damascus. And instead of being able to celebrate Christmas, you know, for the first time in years after being liberated from the radical Islamic militants from ISIS, uh, they were worrying about uh, the fascist right-winger uh, government of Israel shelling them tall hell. And... Well, and Israel said they were doing this in response to the U.S. pulling out. So it's it's just like what, which is ironic because tag teaming empires. Benjamin Netanyahu is a fucking butcher, and he's going to get us into World War Three. And what I and and I know that sounds hyperbolic, but let me explain. So we, bar one occasion, our our goal supposedly although we fought for both sides and weaponized both sides and you know we had cia militants fighting fbi you know whatever um so uh essentially you know our stated mission in syria is, is was is to fight isis that's why we claim we're there even though we've had you know cia backed militants and rebels fighting fbi backed militants and rebels or, or you know uh, dh or whatever it is um, but what we're at, you know, so we, but bar the one occasion, we've never actually engaged with the Syrian military with Assad's forces, because that is a lot different than fighting terrorism. We're not authorized to, you know, we're authorized under the bullshit AUMF to be in any country fighting terrorism. We're not authorized to declare war on a sovereign country, uh, by bombing their military. Like we did the one time where we bombed the airstrip after, um, you the know, mother the, of all bombs, or no? Well, when when, uh, when they claim that Assad, you know, gassed his own people, even yeah. though he was winning the, you know, whatever. We we talked about that on the show. Then Trump bombed his an airfield there. Right. That was the only time. But we're not actually legally able to uh, bomb, you know, the, just the Syrian army, the you know, the Syrian uh, forces. So we pull out of Syria, which of course we should have never been there in the first place, and. Israel is mad about that because Benjamin Netanyahu is a fucking bloodthirsty maniac. So he decides to not bomb uh, ISIS or Syrian rebel groups, but he actually bombed the Syrian military. So he is bombing another sovereign country without provocation whatsoever. Like he has literally no reason to be there and literally no reason to uh, bomb, bomb Syria. But he decided to go ahead and do it anyway because he can't fucking help himself. He's panicking because he's, you know, corrupt as fuck and going right. to lose his and election they almost, probably. Um, they, al- they started this bombing raid in the middle of um, two civilian airplanes coming into the city. 
So could have had a huge civilian tragedy right there. And yeah. they know. I mean, they're they're monitoring all the air traffic Israel is. So they they knew that these civilian aircraft were coming in at that exact same moment. They probably they were, they missed. Were they probably wanted to fucking hit them. Yeah, no, they don't miss. They hit everything they want to hit. When they those snipers shoot civilians, when lines. they shoot doctors, they every one of those is on purpose. You know, when they bomb a hospital or a UN uh, office, they know exactly what they're doing. So, um, and you know, it, this is really fucking dangerous because Netanyahu, for whatever reason, he's doing it because he wants to. You know, he's because he's an ideologue and a maniac, and he wants to uh, start a war with Iran. The Syrian army is allied right now with Russia and Iran. So Benjamin Netanyahu, by bombing Syria, could potentially come into armed conflict with Russia, with Iran. Um, and, you know, Jank on TYT was making the point of like, hey, you know, I, I really don't support what Israel's doing. But if Russia is about to annihilate Israel, we would have to step in on Israel's behalf. I a, don't agree at all. Um, I think if they start their own fucking war uh then that's not our problem if they get annihilated we didn't fucking ask them to do that but but in all likelihood we would step in as a country and that would easily lead to world war three so i I, it's just really fucking insanely irresponsible for them to be doing this and you know i i I, i'm just curious as to what your thoughts are because it's it's fucking it's so dangerous like i he's a fucking maniac he has no regard for consequences peter what do your interns think peter i think got booted again so maybe we can have him join us later but i want to finish this discussion at least uh we're having some internet difficulty i think on peter's end but uh he'll he'll, he'll maybe rejoin us later but you know it's just very concerning to me um i don't know what do you think well, right. I mean, I have felt for years now, we're already doing World War Three. We just don't call it that. We think of it as an abstraction. Our media doesn't cover it uh, unless there's something, you know, some rah-rah bullshit. But, you know, it's, you know, it, like the, the yesterday, um, you know, or the day before Trump was in Iraq, right? And all the liberal media mm-hmm. was online complaining because some of the soldiers had, um, you know, Trump signs. Right. And I, they're not supposed to for some reason, you know, because apparently mm-hmm. in the military, you're not allowed to express that you like one president over another, um, which is even though if you're in the military, we, we know who you're fucking, you know, probably supporting. generally, generally, generally. But, you know, we, we really have two war parties now, so I don't see much distinction there. But That's one, true. you know, you, you can't show admiration for the, the serving president who's there in front of you. You can't you know so yeah and i was just like really you're more mad about this than you are about the fact that we're in this a fucking illegal war uh for 15 16 17 years now that's that's not where your outrage is it's because some kid in the audience held up a trump sign you know yeah what? so well i want to i want to mention the the trump visit to iraq uh but i i just think that this is we're we're entering really dangerous territory right now and uh things are maybe as unstable as they've ever been <laughs> in in terms of world politics and 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 just the kind of tipping but in terms of non you know obviously world the the process uh, you know the the uh the time that elapsed during world war 2 and and world war 1 we're we're probably more unstable but it it really feels like this is not going to end well um 
And you know, it, oh, you mentioned it's Iraq. not going to end. That's the thing. Is well, that's yeah. The goal with Hill. World War One and Two was to get it over with quick, right? Even though they, mm-hmm. you know, World War One had like zero point to it. There was no point to World War One. Uh, World War Two, you could argue there was a real threat and it had to be stopped. But the goal was to end it quickly. Um, of course, then we turned into <laughs> what we were trying to destroy, and we decided that now we were to be the new world empire. Um, well, but now it's just like the, the goal is to never let the war end, to always keep it going and somehow contain it. I do think you're right, though, that you know when you have this many, this many can fucking go big militaries, really, yeah, all wild, you know, having this little these little skirmishes, Israel just shot down this Russian helicopter recently, oh, um, you know, and <laughs> yeah, you could have somebody get really pissed off and really escalate things. Um, Israel's always trying to escalate things and people are just kind of like, all right, chill the fuck out. You're a little fucking bastard. But uh, clearly, clearly they're the big aggressor there and they are because we enable them to be that way. Yeah, of course we subsidize it. Um, But no, and I I fully agree. I think that the goal of the military industrial complex is to keep churning out billions upon billions of dollars by keeping us in perpetual but mild warfare essentially by by not having us you know they don't want they don't like it when we have the battle of fallujah that's really bad for their brand they would much rather have us have three thousand troops here five thousand troops here uh conducting you know stealth bombing raids and drone strikes things that fly under the radar and don't make the nightly news that still nets them billions and trillions every year in uh profits but unfortunately uh because they're short-sighted and this is again the the fatal flaw of capitalism is that it's so short-sighted and it has no concern for long-term economic growth or long-term uh stability whatsoever it's all about making profit quarter to quarter um what happens when you create such a volatile permanent state of semi-warfare is that you're really fucking on the 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 precipice of full-blown major warfare breaking out at any moment yeah and it's, it's like world war edging you know <laughs> like if you're not if you're not careful you go a little bit too far and all of a sudden it's just oh, fuck. fucking gotta start over a mess and you can't you're past the point of no return you know um yeah that's maybe the first time edging and, and world war uh has have ever been uh dis- mentioned in the same sentence so that's not in that's my new, household but- <laughs> But no, so I mean, and and you know, I I listen to hardcore history uh, sometimes, and the, the the episode about World War One is fucking terrifying because it, it it's crazy how little, like little minor events can can just cascade into a full blown. It, it's a lot like climate change, honestly. Like you know, it's not just. All of a sudden, one day we're going to wake up and, you know, just like that, the it, the world's going to be 20 degrees hotter and un, uninhabitable and everything's going to flood. No, it's gradual, but it's also reciprocal. Like it, the things feed into each other and then it begins to snowball. And like World War One started over a really fucking like benign um a, a, you know, assassination of an Archduke, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who... And it's like you you see the 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 progression from that to full blown world war where millions of people were killed, uh, and and some crazy amount like a, like an eighth of the world's population was wiped out or some fucking crazy number like that. And it's well, like, the flu had something to do with that too, but <clears throat> the flu also to help end the war. But yeah, yeah it, but it's, but it it's there just, was no it, point. It was still kind of like 
back when they they still had the idea that you just marched armies at each other shooting right but now they have the technology where like that didn't work anymore because it was just a mass slaughter so then you had the the trench warfare uh and then they're like well we can't shoot each other in trenches so we'll start killing each other with mustard gas (laughs) you know so it was yeah it was terrible it was the the you know but it's just people warfare really began then the people who claim to have good intentions or claim to be able to prevent situations from escalating really have no fucking control over it whatsoever. I mean, it, it shit happens that 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 escalates. You're not going to be able to control the the you know the the spiraling avalanche of of fucking chaos that that could in, in, you know end up in. Well, they you know uh, also have the, the the Sedition Act, where if you spoke out against the war, you could be tried for treason. You weren't allowed to be anti-war then, um, and of course we still do that. That's you know the Sedition Act is what uh, Chelsea Manning got put in in jail for five years for. So we're st- like yeah. when they want to pull out these old you know espionage completely act, yeah. espionage act, it, yeah. similar same shit, um, yeah. <laughs> basically, it's like saying that if you were anti-war, said anti-war things, you were helping the enemy. Um, so they considered the Sedition Act as essentially be treason or yeah, in the ballpark yeah. of espionage. But um, you know, but now it's like people just self censor. Now it's like the the idea of being near co- Code Pink or groups like that is seen as you know outside the norm, and you're disrespecting the troops. And now liberals have adopted that mentality of you know must praise cops, must praise the troops at all times. So yeah, we're we're a completely militarized society. And, you know, if we went to, you know, you saw it with liberals losing their minds over Trump pulling troops out of Syria. You know, it's, it's like, I thought you're supposed to want them to come home. Oh, we don't even want that anymore now. Like, no, it's Trump. <laughs> That's the, obviously it's the derangement um, syndrome. Yeah, no, it, re- it really is, is just pathetic. And these people are literally getting people killed because uh, they want to win political brownie points or they don't want the person that they loathe to win political brownie points. And it's like, you, you, like fucking look at yourself if you're really saying like, well, I want pe- I want the troops to come home, but, you know, it, th- that th- that shouldn't enter into your vocabulary. Like, no, I want them to come home. I, You know, yeah, sure. Ideally, I would like it to not be a messy situation, but you know what? We shouldn't fucking be there in the first place. We're there illegally. The quicker we leave, the better for everyone involved, including the people in those countries that we're illegally occupying. And uh, a country that, uh, you know, arguably started this illegal occupation along with Afghanistan is Iraq. And uh, President Trump decided to make an unannounced visit to Iraq uh, over the Christmas holiday. And uh, chaos kind of (laughs) ensued because... He didn't tell anyone that he was coming, including the prime minister of Iraq. You know, the person that we pretend runs Iraq, <laughs> the, the uh, you know, who runs the government that we installed in Iraq after we carpet bombed it into, you know, back to the Stone Age. Uh, nobody told the prime minister of, of Iraq that Trump was coming. So he was like, uh, what the fuck, bro? Like, you're coming into my country. You're, Speaking you're, you're of not knowing our somebody sovereignty. was coming, there's another edging reference right there. <laughs> But I mean, it, it, you know, and of course, the, the, the idea that Iraq is a sovereign nation is fucking laughable, considering that we're basically, you know, keeping them in a constant police state. And we uh, installed this government uh, after we illegally invaded their country and killed a million fucking people. 
but it, it, it's just like it, they don't even pretend to respect their sovereignty anymore. They just come into the country, don't no. tell the fucking leader. It, it's fucking just insane. Just landed a plane in the middle of their country and held a big rally at one of our bases there. Um, so it, and even about bef- giving before that, <laughs> they were trying to get us out of there because they're like, oh, you're pulling your, your 2,000 troops out of Syria. How about getting the, the last 5,000 you got here out? And, of course, Trump says we're not doing that. Um, but uh, so that there's, there's people on both sides of the Iraq's parliament who are uh, calling for a vote to expel U.S. troops, um, uh, and basically they're they're going to put this into debate pretty soon. I'm just looking at an article Which is amazing. Uh, dated yesterday. But yeah, you know, I if you think that. they they vote for our troops to leave, like what does that even mean? What so, power do they actually have? Are we going to respect the parliament? Of course not. But that'll create an interesting scenario because. Are we going to go to war with the free Iraqi army that we installed into that country? Because if they say, hey, we want you to leave, and we say, yeah, no, we're not going to do that, uh, th- things are going to escalate, and they're going to say, okay, well, if you want to leave, we'll make you leave. You know, like, it, it's just a really and, – and, you know, contrary to what we believe, it's not that we have the entire U.S. military there. We have, I think, like 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 troops stationed there. It, it's a fairly small number. I, I – I, I, and again, I, I'm pulling this out of my ass, but if I had to guess, I have to imagine that the Iraqi army has more than 5,000 troops in it. Like, so I, if if they Do really they have say, an hey, Air Force, though, probably not. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know. know. Well, and also if they decide to to get physical and get violent, then the U.S. might send more troops and escalate no, of that course. situation further. Well, the thing is, you know, the the liberal rational for war, the wars that we have ongoing, are that will. We have agreements with the local governments. They want us there. Well, that's clearly not the case. That this, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to be voting to kick us out of these countries, even our puppet governments that we've installed there don't want us there. But liberals have accepted that it's okay for us to be there because Obama uh, didn't end those wars the way he said he was going to. Um, you know, we were supposed to have all of our troops out of I, uh, Obama and Biden said we're supposed to have all of our troops out of Afghanistan by 2014. Well, we still have which was bullshit, fifteen thousand troops there until very recently, so it, it's just the, the 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 fucking pretzels they twist their brains into trying to rationalize how uh, one president who did it was bad, the next president who took those wars over was good, and it wasn't his fault because he inherited those wars, but now Trump is bad for not ending those wars and also for ending those wars at the same time, you know. I mean, he's, he's yeah. bad for lots of reasons, but you, if 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 Obama wasn't responsible for Trump's wars that he inherited and for not ending them, how can you possibly say the same thing about the current president? Uh, it, it's it's ludicrous. And then, of course, when he does actually do that, when Obama said he wouldn't, they go fucking bonkers. They go fucking berserk because they can't stand the the just. They don't even know what they believe anymore. Maybe hey, fuck, maybe he'll fucking bungle this enough that we'll actually just peacefully leave Iraq after they 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 compel us to leave, and and he'll be like the peacetime by accident president. Like he'll fucking have gotten right. us out of more wars than every Democrat in well, office in the last twenty years combined. I, I listened to some of his speech in Iraq to the troops, uh-huh. and I, it, you know we were trying to speculate like where is his anti-war streak coming from. And a lot of people have speculated that, well, he's going to just send in Blackwater or other private mercenaries. Well, Blackwater I, certainly uh, well, <laughs> advocating it was, for that. What Trump said verbatim, uh, it was a little bit more terrifying. He said, we shouldn't be fighting all the wars. 
for other countries. And I was like, well, I agree with that part. He says, and he says, especially without monetary compensation. Oh, fucking Christ. He said, if you want us to fight these wars, basically you need to, we need to get something for it. So our whole army will become Blackwater. Exactly. And I'm like, there you go. He just needed to figure out a better profit model for for the parts of our military that haven't been privatized yet. We'll just, you know, and then the troops fucking cheered. And it's like they oh, don't care. God. They just want they a reason so... to feel good. Oh, it's just they, you know. I, I watched some of that speech too, and they were so fucking just rabidly, like cheering for shit that they knew was not true because it was true. Like there, it, it's yeah. It, the I'm amount sure. of bootlicker that gets instilled into the modern day, you know, troops right. in, in in Iraq right. and Afghanistan's fucking like mind blowing. Well, the other thing is, you know, if you've watched the the. You know, we both have watched the Punisher series on Netflix, uh, and you see how much more those private mercenaries get paid than the average soldier, like 10 yeah. times more, right? So I'm sure in all those soldiers' brains, they're thinking, oh, shit, we might make him, start making the same <laughs> amount of money as Blackwater. Let, maybe that's all they were cheering then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, still just the, 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 the terrifying, terrifying the idea that the only opposition to war is that uh, we don't pay the, the killers enough. Where are we as a fucking country? Yeah, and we, you know, and ironically, while he was there, he he lied to the troops about getting them pay raises. He was like, "Oh well, you know, people wanted, they they they, they the, my guys were telling me they want two three percent. No, I got, I said no, give them ten percent. I give them higher than ten percent, and everyone cheered. And it's like, but you guys know how much of a raise you got last year? You got like a two point four percent raise, and it happens every year. It's just a cost of living raise based on like the stock market whatever it is it, it it's just built into the the troop salary scale and it's like he, he literally just made the shit up but they all cheered it's like what what are you doing you fucking know how much you got paid last year <laughs> like yeah well i'm i'm pretty sure i get paid more than a lot of soldiers and no uh, they get paid know, shit uh, they get paid like 20 something thousand a year it's it's pretty fucking like and you know yeah. not that they get free clothes this- and free meals what do you want kids <laughs> come on um but yeah, I mean, and you know, I, the only reason I say it is because they sell it as like a fucking jobs program to poor kids and they go over there and their fucking, you know, friends' heads are getting blown off and then, you know, whatever. But they... Right. But they didn't know um, what they were signing up for. They didn't know that, you know, they were being trained to use guns and explosives and tanks and they come back and yeah, like, no. well, I didn't know what it was going to be like till I got over there. You can't possibly <laughs> know till you actually go to the field of battle what it's really like over there. It's like, no, I do because I've read fucking history books. I know about atrocities because people wrote it down and took pictures of it so that other people wouldn't be fucking so stupid as to make the same mistake of history over and fucking over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, but and again, but it's just like what so I I just don't understand why they would like cheer for that like so vociferously. It's like you know that's like literally not true, but whatever. I mean, so again, he you know goes over there unannounced. Uh, he's he's been avoiding it for a while because he's been terrified of going to a war zone. Um, and I wouldn't want to go to a war zone either. I would, but I would also not want our fucking troops in a war zone. Um, but that's you know besides the point. Um. In yeah. any event, also he, a thing like you know, if you sign for being the president, you kind of have to know that you're gonna have to go there at some point. Yeah, yeah, you, no, it's that's your fucking yeah. If if you expect them to be there, you should at least go there. And I and my answer, if I became president, would be okay. Well, I don't expect them to be there. We shouldn't be there. It's illegal for them to be there. I would like to meet them sure. uh, here at home <laughs> when they're go, you know go over there on day one and be like, guess what? I'm bringing you all home with me. 
be yeah, like in, right? Indiana Jones, and like if we're getting out, we're taking all these kids home. Yeah, too. yeah. We we commandeered this Carnival cruise ship. Everyone fucking pile in. Right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably couldn't do that from the middle of the desert, but whatever. <laughs> Pretend it's a uh, fucking land go, air. They got they got the straits of whatever over there. Or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Um. But again, he's he's such a fucking idiot that he might have bumbled us into getting kicked out of Iraq, which would be amazing. So I we'll see how this plays out. You know, um, it, it it will be really interesting to see uh, the dominoes kind of fall if that does happen. Because yeah. you know, if we're not in Iraq, why are we still in Afghanistan, and why are we bombing all these other like I I I don't think that you know no part of me is naive enough to think that Trump is like oh yeah I want peace in our time or anything like that, but. He also might be shrewd enough to realize that uh, it's it's a total boondoggle for us to be in these you know never ending wars, and it would do a lot for his reelection campaign if he said, "Hey, I'll bring these troops home, and instead I'll you know MAGA, I'll put the money towards the wall, whatever." He, I, if he put the money towards the wall, I don't even really give a fuck. Like if that actually gets us to stop killing brown people in all these countries, like if the if that's the right. trade off we have to make, like end all the wars, and then he I uses mean, the, some yeah, of the money he uh, saved. The wall's to not going to do shit anyway because of course you know it's, both, it's you know <laughs> like, it's a fucking prop. Planes fly over the wall, and all you got to do is buy a one way ticket, and you're here. So there you yeah. go. Um, dig under the wall or yeah as you said uh, yeah. people just come into the country on travel visas and overstay their visas that's the way the majority of the right. uh, people who are in this country undocumented actually the, end up coming exactly. to the, country. The, the war is just optics for racists it's something for them to rally around and for us to try to be like oh hey we worked in apartheid israel so you know they don't ever <laughs> never talks about how much that would fuck up wildlife you know, I mean, the, the, oh, there are when they tore it out, you, you know, there's the Berlin Wall, but then there was like a wall dividing like a, a large chunk of the countryside in Germany. And for I think like it was like 25 years after the wall came down, um, they were they put, you know, trackers on wildlife and wildlife still wouldn't cross where the wall used to be, even after they took Jesus. it down. So imagine how bad it was when the they wall fucked was up there. all of their migration patterns and, and yeah, all of that. you know, it's it's just it's such a stupid fucking idea because it won't do shit. We already have an eight hundred mile long border wall that no one talks about uh, across most of the habitable areas, and it still doesn't do shit because people. Well, he's not even talking about a wall anymore. He's talking about fucking fences now, anyway, which is what we already have. He's talking about steel slats. Yeah. It's like. It's just laughable. And also, he would have to build it in the backyards of a bunch of people who probably supported him in Texas sure. and fucking, you know, and but whatever. Exactly. Those border towns, they don't care about, I mean, to they, the people that live on the U.S. side cross into Mexico as much as the people on Mexico cross into here. Their, their only concern is Trump keeps shutting down the border when they have to go back and forth legally uh, as, as border, you know, living on the border citizens. Um, yeah. A lot of them conduct business. In both it's, just, it's just like, you know. Right. And, you know, I mean, on, on top of all this, on top of all the bullshit we've done, he just signed his his new version of NAFTA, which is pretty much exactly the same as the old one he opposed. Yeah, exactly. But that is, you know, what is it, a billion dollars a day in commerce goes across the border, right? And he wants to shut it down indefinitely, or he talks mm -hmm. about it. So a, he wants $5 billion uh, to build this fucking wall, which you can't even build it in some of these mountainous areas. You just can't. You can't build it. No, it um, totally so he's willing to to hurt the economy by a billion dollars a day by shutting down the border. <laughs> it's just somebody Comrade, tweeted this it, out today. It's like if he can shut down the border whenever he wants, what do we need the wall for? <laughs> Comrade, it's it's almost like you're saying he's not really that smart and he's not really that good of a businessman. It, it almost he, seems he like that's what care. you're saying. He just no, doesn't he, care. 
He just doesn't fucking know anything. Like, I, you know, I, I, he just doesn't know anything. It, it's just fucking crazy to me how, how like, no, he knows. It, it's how crazy stuff to me how li- he knows how it plays. Oh, of course, of course, to his base, and that's all he does. And he's very good at that, and it is extremely effective. So he's going to keep doing what he's good at, and what's proven to be to successful for him. So he doesn't care how it plays to liberals or leftists because that's not his base right his base he gives them exactly what they want and to his credit because the democratic party doesn't know a what their base wants or b how to even pretend to be in favor of what their base wants i mean he he truly and then like not to make this all about trump but he truly is like we all have a shitbag right-wing relative that doesn't fucking know anything and talks out of their ass and listens to rush limbaugh it's like we made that guy president like that's that it, it's like our fucking racist uncle who, you know, doesn't know shit about shit, but doesn't like, you know, gay people and doesn't like being told that he can't, uh, you know, say the N word anymore and doesn't like all this shit. And it's like if you put that guy in office, he would probably govern close to the same way that Trump is governing because he's just a fucking buffoon who thinks he knows things about business. And meanwhile, he just listens to whatever, you know, the propaganda that he was fucking infused with since birth and doesn't fucking know anything about how to do anything like that's yeah. basically who we made president so you know <sighs> but but well, hey we're gonna do it again in 2020 because the democrats fucking suck and are offering uh nothing outside of bernie sanders for anyone to get excited about um and i you know i wanted to since we're going into 2019 and uh primary season is sure to kick off any week now uh, the first debates are in like less than six months, so people are going to have to start declaring uh, very soon, uh, I-, I would imagine, to uh, start their barnstorming tours. Uh, I would expect January, February to see a lot of announcements. So I-, I wanted to really, to wrap up the show, I wanted to kind of mention the 2020 candidates that we know of, or the ones that are prominent at least, and uh, maybe maybe talk about some of them and why why they're not such a great, <laughs> fucking great idea. Uh, I already know who I like. <laughs> Louis, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it uh, Deval Patrick? Uh, who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, he he was actually the... Uh, f- so funny enough, he actually gets mentioned a lot. He was the former governor of Maryland. Uh, super pro uh, Wall Street Democrat. He actually currently works at Bain Capital. The same... Yeah, the Mitt Romney fucking uh, venture capital group, Bain Capital. Uh, so that guy apparently, uh, it, it was at one point he was one of the 2020 Democratic like establishment picks, but he, uh, the Intercept ran a really great article about him a few weeks ago, talking about how he knowingly helped Bain Capital uh, prey on black people with predatory loans disproportionately, and he announced actually a couple of weeks ago that he's not running for president anymore. Um, so again, and I think this is going to be a theme of this conversation is that, uh, the reason that the establishment hates adversarial journalism and investigative journalism is because it's actually effective and it, and it's necessary when you're trying to vet candidates for, uh, who's going to be the next democratic nominee, because we of course have seen the massive media blitz and the coordinated bot campaign behind, uh, Beto 2020 in the past couple of weeks and David, whose Sirota, real name is Robert Francis, Beto's yeah. just the the Latino jacketing nickname he came up with for himself. 
literally he actually admitted it once years ago in an interview that his father told him to adopt that so he could win a seat in texas because it's so heavily hispanic (laughs) it's just fucking hilarious that that you know um that he's just clearly ready for the goofy white guy um well there's nothing you can do to burn a politician more than cite their actual voting record and where their money came from that it will drive their supporters fucking crazy when you do that shit and you know to that point uh david sroda fucking excellent muckraking journalist uh one of the the few that are still around um really just all he did was look into public records of beto o'rourke's uh campaign contributions and voting record and so you know we we were excited for beto to beat ted cruz because ted cruz is a loathsome horrible individual but people hadn't done a ton of vetting on the left of beto o'rourke turns out he's way worse than we thought he was he is like far to the right of even i would argue the centrists that are going to be running in 2020 I mean, he he fought the Obama administration, or he voted against the Obama administration on uh, Wall Street deregulation, environmental deregulation, campaign finance deregulation. I mean, just just uh, you yeah. know, the list goes on and on. He voted against Beto O'Rourke. Voted against the Democratic Party 167 times, Jesus and liberals are Christ. jumping up and down for him. But Bernie's not the real Democrat. By the way, Beto O'Rourke. Number two overall recipient of fossil fuel uh, donations in all of Congress. Number one's Ted Cruz. <clears throat> number two, Beto O'Rourke. Out of every Democrat right. and every Republican that takes fossil fuel money, Beto O'Rourke is number two in the entire fucking Congress. We've got 12 that, years left to save the world. And <laughs> yeah, at a time. The, the, the Democratic Party says that that's not a conflict of interest for him to have taken that much oil fucking money. imagine if it, after this massive groundswell behind demand for climate action now real fucking climate action not nancy pelosi bullshit committee climate action after all that that the democrats are throwing all of their weight behind a fucking toady for the fossil fuel industry i mean that's yeah that's i can believe it because they don't, i know they i can too care. i know, but. They don't cut fucking care claire mccaskill is a climate change denier hillary clinton is a climate change denier uh, yeah. Chuck Schumer is a climate change denier. It work is climate it's change denier. Denying what the, how bad the problem is is denying the problem in its entirety. So it, yeah. you know, it, but it's still, you have corporate media that hates Bernie, wants to run. You see all these New York Times and Washington Post stories saying, "Oh, Bernie's going to have a hard time running uh, against all these other new progressives like uh, the Kamala Harris, Kamala the Harris prosecutor who Rourke. wouldn't go after Steve Mnuchin for blatant corruption that even her own staff uh, recommended she prosecute for." Um, you know, to, because to, she received a campaign articles. contribution from him for her exactly. DA campaign. Trying to pretend that um, Bernie is uh, going to be threatened by people who are just like him, but better because they're not, you know, because they're younger and whatever. Because <laughs> they're young and they're not, yeah. And they've been doing this nonstop to say, like, hey, it's like they the centrists have to make their centrist candidates look progressive, but make sure that they're actually not in any real way. They wouldn't fucking support Beto O'Rourke if he was an ounce progressive democratic socialist whatever you want to call they it they didn't until he fucking until it no. was very obvious that he was a centrist like they right. they weren't crazy about him initially so, when he was raising all that money they and, were you know it, right and they keep running polls that exclude bernie because they they're doing well, here's here's the democrats that are running and everyone loves biden and beto well the thing is yes bernie is not a democrat much to his credit but if you do a poll of everybody who is just progressive or socialist leaning Here's the numbers of a poll that was done on December 18th um, of uh, 
this year. Uh, so this Kamala is Harris. Democracy for America? I believe so, yes. To Kamala Harris got 7%. <laughs> the front uh, runner, according to CNN. Uh, right. According to CNN, the front runner. Um, Elizabeth Warren got 8%. Beto O'Rourke got 12%. Joe Biden got 15%. At the top, Bernie Sanders, 36%. Bernie well, Sanders, I mean, that's, that's margin of error, right? <laughs> yeah. Bernie Sanders got is uh, when you just polled all voters, right? All progressive voters. Um, Bernie Sanders is three times more popular than little fucking twerp Beto O'Rourke. Right. So this See, idea but, that Bernie's in danger of being uh, crowded out by these other people. I mean, he might actually in the primary if they run enough pieces of shit that nobody gets a majority and then the superdelegates take it. But, mm-hmm. you know, th- this notion that everyone's excited for anyone besides Bernie on the left is just pure fantasy. So, but, you know, what's funny is I, I think they know it. They're, what they're they're doing they once again. It. That's why they're doing is, it. <laughs> is manufacturing consent. Like this is what they did with Hillary. They knew she was wildly unpopular, so that they tried to craft a narrative to make it eventually become so ubiquitous. It's how propaganda works. It's propaganda one hundred and one. You just keep saying it until it becomes so. And what they're trying to do is just drill into people head people's heads that hey, Bernie doesn't have the support that he had in twenty sixteen. Bernie's too old. Bernie's not going to win. Don't support him. Don't, you know, look at these other guys. They're just right. like him, but they're younger. The and they're, they ride a skateboard. In, uh, right. You know, you know, uh, clearly what uh, millennials are all about, um, you know, candidates that can skateboard and love Israel. That's <laughs> yeah. the silent majority is really all about that. Uh, it's what they did with, with um, you know, in Michigan with, um, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Uh, Whitmer? With, Russian Whitmer? With Abdul, um, with Abdul, Abdul yeah. was they said, well, uh, conservative voters aren't going to vote for a Muslim, so we better not endorse him. It's like, I thought you're not racist. I thought you're not. So you're just being conservative. You're supposed to be the party of, of inclusion. And, you know, it, like they're not going to vote for the Democrat anyway, so what the fuck are you even talking about? Why are you catering, catering the lowest common denominator? Oh, because you also are the lowest common denominator. You're fucking racist, centrist. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, they, they obviously want... It's like trying to sell a car and you're promoting like how safe it is at the same time as how powerful and fast it is. Clearly, it can't be both. It's either a safe car and it's slow or it's a really fast car and it's dangerous, right? And they want to basically it's focus group every single thing. Well, what's Al Gore's favorite Beatles song? Oh, well, uh, 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 what, what, what do you people like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's that. It, there's no authenticity. Uh-huh. So they have to try to market all the different aspects as much as possible. Well, he's a centrist. Well, he's also progressive, but he doesn't, you know, he's, he understands moderation. He's pragmatic. He's to work on both sides of the aisle. It's like, no, he's just nobody a piece fucking of shit. wants that. He's just like, nobody fucking nobody wants that. that. Exactly. <laughs> so they want someone they can trust, which even if people don't agree with all of Bernie's ideas, they know they can they can trust him what he's saying right he's not bought like that 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 factor is so fucking massive for voters and i think that part of them knows that and part of them doesn't know that part of them's naive to that there's just such a fucking unbelievable advantage to just being able to say i'm not bought i've never been bought which none of these other candidates can say even the ones who aren't taking corporate money quote unquote anymore even though they're skirting it with loopholes they can't Mm. say that they were never bought they could say well i was a fucking corporate whore but now I uh, understand that I need to not take money from corporations. Of course, all those past corporate donations aren't going to have any sway over the way I vote in the future whatsoever. 
Well, you um, realize how much of a threat to the establishment somebody who isn't bought off is. You've seen the movie Serpico, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's exactly. Real, That's what real it is. Story, yeah. but all the other cops saw him as a huge threat because he wasn't on. He wasn't taking pay, bribes from out, from yeah. the uh, from all the all the criminals. And they were like, "What kind of cop doesn't take take money? What kind of cop doesn't take uh, you know isn't on the payroll?" Are you fucking stupid. What are you like? Yeah, and they were like, "We don't even you know." We were like, "Just donate it to the church if you want, but take the fucking money." They, they were so scared of him not being corrupt uh-huh. because yep. they knew what kind of threat he was to them, and they were right. He was a threat to them. Uh, ultimately, you know, uh, turned on all the dirty cops in New York City, and he got shot in the face for it. So there you go. That's what happened. That's what happens to a good cop. Is yeah, other, that's why there aren't any good cops. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because every good cop's seen Serpico, I guarantee it. <laughs> They're like, I better get the fuck out of here before this happens to me. I'll just take the um, money and throw it away. I just that happened recently, too. There was some. I remember there was a story a couple of years ago about a cop who got killed by other cops and because he was he was, he was was like a good cop and like trying yeah. to like turn them in for corruption. Well, remember it, that? We, I think it was in Baltimore, actually, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. Cop. It happens a lot. Um, there was the cop that, uh, when the Philadelphia police bombed the move house uh, and killed um, over a dozen women and children and burned out an entire neighborhood of 70 houses, uh, there was a, a cop who testified at the sort of tribunal that happened afterward that there was a kid that ran out of the house and slipped and fell in the, uh, and, and fell down in the ground, and the house is burning right behind him. And his commander said, don't you dare get up and try to help that kid. And the kid was knocked out cold. And he disobeyed his commander and went and saved the kid. And for the next two years, he was harassed by his fellow officers to the point where he got PTSD from it and had to resign. So, (laughs) Nice profession. Yeah. Great guys. Great. um, Blue blue, blue lives matter. Attracts the best and yeah. brightest. So when um, Chris, Chris Pratt or Chris Prime, whoever the fuck these celebrities are like, oh, what a Chris, tragedy a cop yeah, got killed. Chris X. Like, it's really? What are the odds that cop was actually a decent person and his life was actually worth losing? 10% maybe? 5%? No. One in a million. One yeah, in a million. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I remember. Oh, so, yeah. So, the 2020 candidates. Uh, obviously, Beto O'Rourke is... You know what's funny is they were pushing him so hard, and David Sirota, again, this is why investigatory journalism is so important, and it's why uh, nobody fucking funds it anymore, because they know it fucks up their whole game plan. Beto really got kind of deprioritized if it, like in terms of the push in recent weeks after... Uh, Sirota pulled out his fucking record and pulled out his contributions. And then they started pushing Harris again. I don't fuck around with uh, Facebook too much, but I've been looking at all the progressive groups, like not the Bernie groups, but Uh like the AOC Facebook groups, you know, to to see what people are posting. And it's been nonstop an assault on Beto. That whole like, oh, Bernie's, you know, surrogates are waging a war on Beto. It's true. Because we're sick of the bullshit. We know there's not fucking time to fuck around with more of these these. Yeah, we're not gonna let you get. You, we're not gonna let you get to the primary. You, we're not gonna let you fuckers get to the primary if you're gonna try to run another Hillary Clinton or another Barack Obama at us. It's not gonna fucking happen. Like you so can I've been, try. I've been posting stuff at least once a day in several groups to to kind of like, um, you know, feed the narrative, obviously, but also to kind of like see how many of the 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 Beto bot get drawn out to try to defend him and to see what their defenses are. There was that article about how his, his wife is like an heiress to a billionaire fortune. And yeah. somebody somebody in an AOC group uh, came to his defense and, and commented uh, on the link I posted, well, actually, they're just multimillionaires, not billionaires. 
<laughs> I was just like, like and, and so I, I replied. I was like, imagine coming into an uh, Alexander Ocasio Cortez Facebook group, and your defense of uh, millionaires is that they're not billionaires, and and you expect not to get fucking dragged for that shit. They have like get the fuck out of here. Dollars tops. Come on, comrade. Don't be unreasonable. <laughs> And they're barely was, scraping by. Somebody was like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with being uh, wealthy as long as you're also philanthropic." Oh God! And, and somebody else commented, "Like, lickers. you know, the only the only good rich person is a headless rich person." So the <laughs> the the majority was definitely on our side on this. So what you're saying is these AOC groups are basically the DSA, where you have like so like Dems, like social oh, democrats, yes. and like radical fucking anarchists, like in the same meetings. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's it's been there was a very swift grassroots pushback to this sort of uh, centrist astroturf blitz around uh, Richard Francis O'Rourke. Yeah, and it, Robert Francis O'Rourke. But and again, you know, we're not going to let these people. Richard, Richard, whatever, he's a dick. It's that yeah, he's a dick. I, I understand why your mind made that connection. Um, so edging, my yeah. friend, edging. <laughs> Theme of this podcast. Um. So again, he's you know he's not gonna have any staying power. Biden, uh, it, it's laughable. To, he's obviously like leading in a lot of polls right now. Joe Biden is a terrible, terrible politician. The second they get him on a debate stage, he's gonna crumble, and his poll numbers are gonna plummet. I guarantee. Fucking tea. Hear me now. Quote me later. I will put money on it. He will fucking plummet in the polls after one or two debates, or even maybe after a couple of campaign speeches, because he literally every time he gets up there, he's like Hillary Clinton. His poll numbers go down because he says stupid shit like, uh, you know, I, oh, oh well, my millennials are complaining that they have it hard. Give me a bit. Like he said that earlier this year. He's like, give me a break. Yeah. You know, talking about our economic angst because uh, people like him have fucked up the economy to the point where uh, you can't find a decent paying job anymore and you can't fucking make a living on your own. You have to, you know, scrape by with part time jobs and service industry jobs. Uh, people that have fucking degrees, people that have master's degrees can't find jobs that pay them more than fucking exactly about climate change. You know, imagine you're you're born into a world where you've never known anything (laughs) but you know, ecological destruction and potentially runaway climate catastrophe. And Biden says, give me a break. Yeah. You know, like what does he think people are worried about right now? Um, What about like first time voters who are never, who were born into a world where we've never not been at war in the middle East. And and it's like, you're gonna tell those people, give me a break. Like they, they they want you to get out of war and you fucking said you were going to get out of war when you you and Obama took office and you didn't fucking do shit. So what like why would they vote for you? Why would they give you any fucking support? And the people that really support people like Clinton and Beto and Biden uh generally aren't worried about those things. They don't have anxiety about those things. So they did they but they think that they are the majority of voters on the left um that the the people who <laughs> you know it's the the people that want universal health care, living wage and a planet that doesn't die are too far left that we're radical. And our thoughts and ideas. And I remember like 16, a time 70%. when liberals used to be down with those causes, you know, and back when I was growing up, it was the liberals that were organizing anti-war marches, you know, and now mm-hmm. not so much. And when we were uh, throwing Chelsea Manning in jail and uh, Obama had his drone kill list and everything, I, I went to anti-war marches and rallies outside of, um, you know, we we took over an Obama campaign office and heckled a bunch of people waiting to get in line to a big uh, Obama event at, a, at an arena. 
And the people were who in line were just dumbfounded. Absolutely they were so dumbfounded. They were yeah, they had no they didn't understand. They were like, drone war, what are you talking about? They just it was completely divorced from them. You know, and, and really, it's it's style over substance. They want to go back to that. They want to go back to not feeling bad about the bad things they do. We do as a country. They don't want to get rid of those things. They just don't want to think about it anymore. The, the whole we want, you know, if Hillary Clinton, we go back, was president, we'd be at brunch right now. 100% true. Oh, yeah. Truest thing they ever said. Um, so, and, and, you know, that's why it's so important that we stop these people before they even get to the primaries because they're a real threat because once they get in there and once the narrative starts to build momentum, it's really fucking hard. Uh, and they knew that, and which is why they would do shit like announce Hillary's uh, superdelegate votes without specifying that they were, you know, they would act as if she's obviously winning, even though Sanders was winning states, she was winning superdelegates, she was winning in the delegate count because of superdelegates, and they would just do these things to put this subtle perception yeah. of like, well, don't it, vote for even, Bernie, he's not going to win. Even if there hadn't been serious meddling on on the ground during a lot of the primaries and caucuses, caucuses, um, <clears throat> and uh, purging from voter rolls, and even if you didn't have to have all the Democratic voters, uh, you know, at, at the most be registered with the party six months before registered at birth with the vote, with the party just just the superdelegates <laughs> alone, something the Republican Party doesn't have, is rigging an election. The, the idea course, that yeah. you can have a state like Hawaii or Oregon that went eighty percent Bernie, and then when the superdelegates from those those districts. Or from those states go, I don't care. I'm going to vote totally the opposite of the will of the voters of my, the the people I represent. Twenty percent of the superdelegates are fucking lobbyists. Howard Dean's a lobbyist, and when he says, "Well, I don't care what the will of the people is. I, my superdelegate vote is my vote, and I'm going to do what I want." How is that representational? How is that a fucking democracy? That it, just the idea of superdelegates alone is rigging a primary. Yeah, no, it's literally an oligarchy where you have where you have a few people at the top, a few prominent, big money people deciding an election despite the will of the people. It's literally the fucking definition of an oligarchy. So that's the way the Democratic Party is totally cool operating. Um, yeah, well, and, and so we'll see what happens this go around. Trump <laughs> is proof that the Republican Party's primary is more Democratic than the Democratic. <laughs> yeah, primary. no, ironically <laughs> enough, it, it's really funny that yeah. As fucked up as that party is, they actually have a more fair pri for, uh, primary process than the Democrats do, because the Democrats actually have idealistic candidates, and they knew that they had to quash that back when McGovern won. They were like, never again are we going to have an actual decent fucking candidate win, uh, because it's you know it's going to piss off our our donors, and we might not win the race, so it might not be all be for nothing. So fuck that, we're not going to let that happen ever again. And that's <clears> when they came up with the super delegates after McGovern won. Yep. Um fucking yeah just monsters so um obviously biden beto are the two other front runners alongside bernie according to you know some polls even though obviously by uh, beto's support is almost completely artificial um kamala harris is somebody else they're pushing a lot uh and we've talked at length about kamala harris how she's a fucking cop and that see the funny thing about people like kamala harris and beto work is that they say Oh, well, you know, they're they're kind of blank slates, like as if that's a positive, like, oh, they don't have a long record, so you can't pull up a lot of dirt on them. Kamala Harris has a very small record. Even her small record is fucking horrifying. I mean, she, you know, didn't prosecute Steve Mnuchin when she was essentially told to do so by her by her staff. Um, 
and you know just coincidentally he had contributed to her da campaign uh and she didn't prosecute obvious cases of fraud when he was the ceo of goldman sachs and it was just like so obvious what the reason she wasn't doing it uh she also argued in court that they that she shouldn't be forced to release prisoners that the state had mandated that she release because the prison labor system would lose a valuable uh workforce essentially they would lose they would lose their valuable workforce the the slaves fucking slaves they pay them a dollar a day slavery um she she's a fucking monster who could give a shit about anything on top of that she's not even remotely charismatic or a good speaker or inspiring i don't know what even during the kavanaugh the kavanaugh hearing she was just like is that your answer wake her up yeah like yeah she like i don't see her inspiring anyone or even wanting to run i don't see beto i mean beto He's mildly inspiring in speeches to get people His fired up. Speeches, yeah. But he, what is he going to? What is he going to get people fired up for? You know, is he going to get strive thir- for the middle thirteen thousand people to show up at a at a you know at a um, Medicare basketball for arena? Rally. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean the, um, the, the, the he's the he's the the male guy that Hillary Clinton supporters are going to like. Um, and it's just, it's, they don't want any substance. They want just someone to lull them back to sleep and that's it. Uh, I don't think he even wants to run. I don't think he has a clue how to, how to be the head of the the Tom Perez of the, of the primary of the primaries. They're forcing him into running because he doesn't want to run. (laughs) He couldn't, I mean, it's not just, he couldn't beat Ted Cruz. He couldn't win a Senate race in any state. He doesn't know how to debate. He doesn't know how to, to defend anything. At least Gillum knew how to fucking debate the guy. Right. Gillum, yeah, Gillum, Gillum, fucking, that was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Gillum, Gillum could have fucking won that race. He totally snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. He was a very good debater, and he initially came out with a very strong platform, and he just no. fucking walked it back because of all these idiots. He, he let the good be the enemy of the perfect. You know, he could have been the guy, and he was like, "Oh, actually, I'm going to do a fundraiser with Hillary," and everyone went, "No." <laughs> It's the oh that the, wasn't the, bad enough. I'll do a fundraiser with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. How do you like that? Because the left and the you know the independent voters saw that and were was like, nope, not going for that guy anymore. I could almost even for and not me personally, but I could almost even understand how people could forgive him doing a rally with Hillary. Doing a rally with Debbie Wasserman Schultz is just pissing in the face of every single progressive in the fucking country. It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's it's just it's like he's one of those people where if she calls on the phone, he has to say yes to that. Like you, she still runs the party. She still is the party. She's raised mm-hmm. so much money for people that she can make or break anyone's campaign. Ex, you know, even <laughs> someone like Bernie, she can destroy his campaign if she wants to. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see 2020 because, you know, if. Bernie could go from five percent name recognition to almost toppling the, you know, most well-known political dynasty of the Democratic Party and our lives, right? If he could go from five percent to almost fifty percent in a year and a half, just imagine what he could do starting out with, you know, what forty-seven percent name recognition amongst all Americans, not just voters, right? Yeah. Uh, So it. Yeah, I mean, it's Bernie's to lose. I really, I really do believe that. And there's nobody right now. I mean, obviously, people have hinted at running. You know, other people that are talking about running Elizabeth Warren. LOL. <laughs> I think Ugh. she's going to somehow run. Like, and, and you know, the, she's already killed her. She killed her uh, campaign the day she released that fucking DNA 
result bullshit. Oh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was the biggest cell phone of all time. <laughs> like, how dare you make fun of me saying that I have some Indian heritage? I will have you know that I am. I am one hundred sixty fourth Algonquin. <laughs> Maybe. <buddy. laughs> yeah. like, Possibly get, getting owned by the by the jocks is always a now who's not indigenous, huh? <laughs> like, fucking uh, come on. She has she has the dumbest people around so, her. Like, uh, in, yeah, in I mean, history. who so who's she's, the most she's, popular? Who's the most popular rep? Who is the the biggest rising star of the left? Who is winning on the issues, uh, even though he didn't win the campaign? It's who is the strongest candidate? Who has the best chance of beating the the current president? You know, anyone who says it's other than not a, Bernie, other than AOC, it's Bernie, it, it, right? Anyone that says it's not Bernie, I mean, she's she's too young. She's not even office. No, I'm not herself. Yeah, <laughs> anyone that says it's not Bernie is lying. Yeah, and the only question is, are they an idiot who's fooled by paid liars, or are they the paid liar who's saying it? It's one of the two. It's one <laughs> of the two. I mean, I know CL Library's got a lot of alt accounts, and I'm, I'm all, most of them have blocked me. A new one every day will block me. Um. Yeah. Uh. So obviously Warren's dead in the water. Um. You know, there's and there's a whole parade, and you know, and there's some interesting ones. Uh. For sure. Uh. Andrew Yang is running. He's he's kind of a not not a well-known name at all i didn't even know about him until this uh election campaign started but he actually was one of the first people to declare and he's running on a platform of ubi uh in the democratic party and i think that that if he he's obviously not going to win or even maybe register but if he he, can pick up a he's running on a platform of urinary tract infection no yeah. what did you say uh no you, you yeah universal basic income so, yeah there we go there we go um the, the uninitiated i just want to roll yeah sorry one. so uh it, it's just really interesting because if he is able to even make one of the debates uh, that's a really interesting thing to be able to put people like bernie on the spot and say hey do you support this because that's obviously where the left is heading and to not have people like bernie come out and vociferously support that and he's actually and i'm not criticizing him he's actually been very open to that idea in the past like that might even be part of his platform when he announces like i, I you know i'm not sure because uh, right. he's been he's spoken favorably of, of that so but to have people like that pushing the major candidates for the left is a nothing but a positive um you have somebody like richard ojeda who's running um don't call him ojeda and he uh is a very interesting candidate you know i really wanted him to beat carol miller in his uh Carol Miller, Carol Miller, <laughs> in his uh, congressional race, and he didn't. Uh, I really expected him to run for Senate in West Virginia, uh, which would have been fucking great because uh, that the, the uh, other West Virginia senators up, and I thought he was a shoe in to win that seat. Um, but he really decided to shoot for the moon, and you know he's not great on every issue. Um, I, I would say Bernie's to the left of him on some stuff, but he might be able to the left of Bernie on some stuff. And I think that he is oh yeah, he's, not he, a bullshitter. He's a wild like, card and he'll definitely, if he gets in the room, will say stuff that no one else is going to say just to kind of be like, you know, Hey, there's actually ideas way outside the, the spectrum of you that you've heard. Uh, you know what and, he and that's will... one of the advantages of being a long shot candidate is you can fucking say anything and 
you don't you don't really worry about what people think. You're just like, well, actually, I really think this, and people, are, you know, clutching pearls over it. <laughs> he'll be the Jim Webb of this debate, except I'll actually like him. Like he'll be like he'll, he'll like you remember Jim Webb on that fucking insane like oh, like you know uh, yeah. flashback to to killing someone in Vietnam. Uh, oh, Jetta like, would be like, yeah, I killed five guys and I did it for America. Now I'm fighting for you, America. Like he would, he just he yeah, no, he, have any kind of internal strife that Bernie would have to pull him back out of, you know. To, you know, um, like a step away from the darkness, Jim. Step away from the darkness. Yeah, yeah, right. Ojeda would just own but, it. I got all the but, names on my back, the names that I killed, right next to the names of my friends that died, too. I respect all of them. And I'm fighting for you, America. But I, but I, and I, you know, something I know he'll say on the debate stage if, if it becomes an issue uh, is, hey, uh, was Bernie Sanders cheated in the 2016 primaries? Because he said before, yeah, the, the DNC totally fucking cheated Bernie Sanders. And Bernie himself is very reluctant to ever say that in mixed company, like when he's when he's on stage with other Democrats or sure. whatever. Well, and everyone's like, well, why wouldn't Bernie? Why wouldn't Bernie? Why wouldn't why wouldn't he say? Well, what, you know, what's he holding back for? It's like because he wants to run again. Yeah, and what's that going <laughs> to accomplish? Like, it's exactly. not everyone knows. And he said he said that before. He's like, people, everyone knows what happened. Like he's he said that exact in yeah, that exact kind of phrasing. He's like, we, we all know what happened during my campaign. But Richard Ojedek is is great because he could be a voice and say yeah absolutely Bernie Sanders was screwed over and I think that this and he can point out all the things that are fucked up that are happening in the 2020 primaries to the point that Bernie can't even point them out because I'm sure shit's going to be uh, oh yeah public by that point you exactly know? and he's been he had no qualms about naming names within his own party and naming names of corporations and you're not just saying we got to get rid of uh, you know the money in government but like calling out the names of the company that's actually yeah. uh, flooding the market with op- opioids. Like, who's responsible for it? It's an epidemic, but no one wants to talk about who's pushing those pills, right? Um, so, I yeah, also actually wouldn't... I wouldn't be fully opposed. I think it's an interesting uh, thing to explore of a Bernie uh, Ojeda ticket because he both simultaneously appeals to right-wingers while not actually pulling Bernie to the right, like while letting Bernie stay as far left as he is and maybe pushing him on some things. And it's kind of the best of both worlds because he has that attitude that appeals to right-wingers, but he's not a right-winger politically. They always pull somebody else who's not running, who is like a shiny new thing where everyone's like, whoa, who's this person who wasn't even in the race? He needs somebody younger, first of all, of course. Um, (laughs) I still think it'd be hilarious if Bernie got the nomination and then picked Tim Kaine. (laughs) Just to be fucking like, (laughs) nobody saw that coming. No, Tim Kaine's like, oh, whatever. I'm just, I'm I'm here for you. Whoever wants me. Pull Tim Kaine out of the bunker he's been hiding in. He apparently is still a senator. (laughs) I mean, you could could have fooled me, but apparently he's still actually active in the Senate. Um. But no, I mean, and we can talk about Bernie's running mates after we go through the other candidates. But um, Tulsi Gabbard is an inter- another interesting pick. Uh, she's very heavily exploring a run. And I think her run may or may not hinge on Bernie, but maybe not. I think she might be considering a run either way. Um, and, you know, Tulsi is a, a mixed bag, but she's better than almost every other Democrat who's running uh, uh, sans Bernie. Uh, she's, you know, to the left of most of them on foreign policy. She's against interventionist wars, uh, despite the fact, she, or maybe because of the fact that she was a veteran who served in Iraq. She knows how fucking stupid and pointless it was that we were there yeah, in the first place. Yeah. I always felt like she was too far to the right for my taste. But um, the advantage of having other real lefties running in a, an actual 
big wide open primary is that eventually once they drop out, they'll have much more name recognition themselves. So their ultimate endorsements of Bernie would carry a lot more weight that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and genuinely she, uh, most of her policy positions are good. Like she's, she's on board with yeah. care for all. She signed on for green new deal. Uh, she's, you know, for, she praised Trump for pulling out of Syria. I mean, she, you know, she she sometimes has kind of odd positions, but they'll of course they they smear her as yeah. a sod apologist. Like I, I wouldn't want her to run for that reason because she's so poisoned already by the by the mainstream mm-hmm. media that like I think she would well, not do well in the primary. Somebody else but. who I think might even make a good running mate um, is somebody that I had some doubts about after he endorsed uh, Crowley because he didn't really know who AOC was yet, uh, but who in the last couple months has proven to be very much uh, progressive, not quite socialist, I think, but uh, Ro Khanna was somebody else who praised us He's getting been the great. fuck out of Syria and has given good, you know, good criticisms of the president at the same time as saying, like, you know, you shouldn't be bashing this particular thing just because you don't like him. So, I don't know. Bernie, and He's Ro been Khanna. great about about uh being aoc's voice that's currently in congress like he's i think he's genuinely excited by the fact that he's getting some relief because he was uh, in a lot of cases one of the lone voices for a lot of these things in the house and he's like oh great i got like four or five people coming in who are going to be right uh, my my backup and i i I think it's freedom up to actually be more unapologetically left-wing Well, he was Uh, open about his endorsement of Crowley and why he did it. And I think people were like, okay, I can see that. Like, he gave you some, he supported you on some stuff and you knew him for a while. And you didn't really know who this upstart was. And you actually endorsed Crowley pretty early on. So he was, you know, decent about his answer. Yeah. And he's been working with AOC since. I mean, he was one of the first, I think he was the first Congress, sitting Congress person to sign on to the Green New Deal. uh, You know, I really wish that Bernie would pick him as his VP. Uh, Nam would be, so um, they would call us Roe Bros. (laughs) (laughs) You're just one of those Roe Bros. I love it. I love it. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. Shoe fits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually for months have been on. I told uh, Levy to tell his dad that that he should pick Rokan as his little little behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. When I when I was talking to him for you know whatever. Um, yeah, I I told him he should tell his dad. So hopefully that'll get filtered up the grapevine and maybe that'll you know plant the seed in Bernie's brain and that because I think that that's a absolutely a winning ticket. Um. I, I think Bernie. I think Bernie's got a lot of options. I, I I would be fine with him taking Roe on as a VP. I think that'd be a really good pick. I think Tulsi would be a really good pick um, for a couple of reasons. Yeah, so, some check the box reasons, but also because I think she's to the left of most people that he would pick in terms of a lot. You know, of and, and I positions. I love Nina Turner, but she just doesn't have any federal. Nobody knows who experience. she is. Like I, I just well, I, I de- think the Democratic Party knows who she is. They hate her. Right, because she no, gives but like the voter, you know, the, the party yeah, hates her. But exactly, exactly. I love so, her. I think she's fucking great. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah would... exactly. She her only government experience is on the state level still. In which you know, who gives a shit if if Trump can fucking do it, anyone can do it, right? But um, you know what they would do is they would tokenize. They're her. not going to pick anybody who's not already been at least a congressperson. I guarantee you, they would say that she's the left Sarah Palin. Like the same shit that they're trying to get to stick to AOC that doesn't stick. They would get it to stick to her because nobody knows her, 
and they would say oh well she was plucked out of obscurity because bernie has a problem with black people and women and she's just his token right. which is completely they, they would, false because every poll she's a fucking poll amazing yeah shows that african americans are actually the most favorable demographic for bernie sanders it's his best fucking voting block <laughs> like it is the 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 group of people where he has the least appeal is white people white and males yeah Every fucking person pushing that myth that, oh, Bernie didn't do well with black people is a fucking liar. Whether they know it or not, it's a fucking lie, (laughs) you know? Of course. But again, it it splits down generations, right? Young people are more likely to support left-wing candidate. Older people are more likely to support uh, a right-wing candidate. That's always going to be that way, probably, right? But, you know, again, it's it's like they, they complain that the youth won't turn out to vote and then someone shows up that actually excites the youth voters, and then they they get infuriated by that, and they say, "No, go start your own party. We don't want you." And then it happens, and then they lose, and then they complain. Why did you forsake us? Yeah, that's that's the way the games play. They that that's they love. So, um, you know, there there's some really interesting prospects. Uh, I, we're not even talk about Cory Booker because, lol, <laughs> Cory Booker is not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> They've already, yeah, exactly. That's Cory Booker is just wet fart noise. Is is, is oh, the immediate wait, thing that his, comes to his, mind. His vote to block um, the basically the drug reimportation from Canada, right, or being able to negotiate lower drug prices. When he mm-hmm. voted against that, that was just like, nope, that's it. You're done. You, that was you. We all saw you do that. Well, they gave up on him too because they realized he wasn't. They they couldn't fake that he was you know progressive. Like he was just not good at it. Um. So, you know, oh, my other favorite thing. And so uh, you, uh, Jimmy Dore and, and Kyle from Secular Talk will run segments because they subject themselves to cable news for segment to find, you know, ridiculous shit that people are talking about so they can do segments on it. And legitimately, like 538, uh, Nate Silver's just crop of, of genius statisticians uh, over at 538, they did this... Uh, like roundtable discussion where they were talking about their favorites for 2020. One of the three people, their front runner for 2020 was Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> if you said who you wouldn't be alone, but let me tell you who Amy Klobuchar is. Do you remember that debate that Bernie did like the tag team debate where it was Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz versus Bernie and that really lame ass centrist woman? I remember that's I'd Amy Klobuchar. Just now, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I knew that would jog your memory to describe it that way. Remember, just the insanely milk toast, horrible defense of, you know, well, I'm, I'm not for the uh, universal health care, but I, I believe in defending the AC. That's Amy Klobuchar. Nobody right. knows who she is. She has, she's completely uninspiring. She, she, it, she sounds like a, a like a middle school vice principal when she talks. Like I don't understand <laughs> what what and she looks like one too. Not and not to b- disparage the good name of middle school, but like there's nothing remotely remarkable about her. But she again is pliable and doesn't rock the boat. So of course these people think that somehow a, a bland centrist no name candidate from Minnesota is going to somehow surge to the top of the Democratic primary amongst this clown car of fourteen or fifteen candidates. It's these people get paid to, to to fucking analyze stats, and that's that that's their I mean, anal- analysis. Doesn't Nate fucking... Silver just sound like the name of a guy you knew from middle school? You know, like that's <laughs> that shouldn't be a professional. I mean, if you want to be taken seriously as a statistician, uh, use your full fucking name. Call yourself Nathan. All right, <laughs> Nate Silver. You're just like who you know, fucking it's, it's remembers that guy? 
Um, I mean, it's just it's just like yeah, these no, people they, they are know so desperate. They know they're anything. Oh, oh, well, uh, let's try Beto O'Rourke. Oh, that didn't work. All right, well, let's try Kamala Harris again. No, that didn't work. Oh, let's try Biden. No, that didn't work. Uh, I don't do fucking dig somebody up. Amy Klobuchar. She'll yeah, she's a woman. That's that that checks one of the boxes. Like what? Th- anything but Bernie. It should just be that. That should be their ballot line. It should be Bernie, and then anything but Bernie. And then, and then well, centrists could all go vote for anything but way, Bernie. <laughs> way back in 2015, when he threw his hat in the ring, I knew who he was, right? Because I was one of the few people that paid attention to sure. He's uh, like the national politics, right? Um, a lot of people on the activist left didn't know who he was because they don't focus on national politics, but I did. And I was like, he should run for president someday. And people were like, who? Who the fuck's that? And I was like, well, do you remember the uh, the guy from Alaska that ran for president once years ago? He's kind of like that, but he's not quite as zany. Um, so, but I, I do remember Which when he started. Alaska? Um, Mike something. I forget his last name. Anyway, he yeah. he's, he he was good back in his day. But I did worry because people said people who did know Bernie said, well, if he runs on the Democrat Democratic ticket. He's probably just going to be a, a, a sheepdog for Hillary to once again drag the left into the Democratic Party for a wasted thing, a wasted vote. And he clearly didn't do that. He proved everyone no. wrong, as, you know, as evidenced by the fact that the, the establishment hates him. And they probably thought he was going to be a sheepdog, too, and wasn't. They realized their party was about to be taken over by somebody who was uh, truly from the left, who, uh, you know, if you go back and you watch the things that Bernie said back in the 70s and 80s, uh, you know, very much a leftist, like a real fucking leftist. Oh, um, yeah. Going to socialist meetings way before that was even remotely acceptable, you know? Right. Uh, you know, attacking all of our uh, our CIA's propping up dictators and, and uh, orchestrating coups in Latin America, um, you know, defending many parts of, of uh, you know, what Cuba has going on. Not all of it, but the parts that worked that were that were good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people worried that he was just going to throw all that away for the sake of propping up Hillary Clinton. And, you know, he definitely didn't. And. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, that is the, the the thing that I can trust about him is that he's not there, the sheepdog. Uh, yeah. He's really there to push his own agenda, and which is why, of course, he didn't want to talk shit about getting fucked over because he was like, no, I still see this machine I can use, and yeah. they can't stop me from using it. Once I'm inside, you guys are fucked because I'm not going to do your bidding. I'm do what yeah. the fuck I want. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned his his record of foreign policy and not supporting, you know, imperialism. And I had this I have a friend from high school who like will comment on my tweets occasionally and he's well-meaning, but he listens to Nate Silver and he what, listens to fucking Pod Save America and he just fucking Ugh. absorbs that. Na- I know. And he absorbs that narrative. And 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 he was like, well, you know, I, I like Bernie, but he's bad on foreign policy. I was like, what does that mean? Like what? What do you fucking mean? He's bad on foreign policy. I was like, he doesn't support interventionist wars. Like, I, I think he's bad on some issues where he's too interventionist. But he's like, oh well, he's beefing up his foreign policy team. I'm like, yeah, because people were hammering him on that because he wasn't interventionist enough last go around. Like, no, he needs to bring in uh, actual peace activists to craft a more cohesive message of uh, an exit strategy for all of our Middle Eastern uh, illegal, you know, interventionist wars. That would be the one thing I would say he maybe should beef up his foreign policy on. But this whole idea that the any establishment pushed this endlessly during the 20, 
16 primary is that Bernie's week on farm policy is fucking nonsense. Like his, and even if he doesn't know, they think the that being for of, peace is weak on foreign policy. That's uh-huh. where that's where liberals are today. They, they act it's like disgusting. that means you don't know anything. It's fucking disgusting. And it's like, no, look, even if he doesn't know as much about a foreign policy issue as you know Hillary or somebody, it's like his instincts are fucking always better. Like his instincts are yeah. knowing hey, about the issue and being on the people. wrong side of it is not being good on foreign policy it means you're bad no. on foreign policy it means you're a fucking war hawk it means you're fucking kissinger yeah, yeah. K- kissinger was john very mccain super knowledgeable on foreign policy yeah. exactly yeah kissinger yeah. too it's like they yeah they knew plenty about foreign policy they knew exactly how to fucking manipulate everybody into letting them kill as many fucking brown people as possible for profit and for power and for you know for their own fucking uh, jollies i assume yeah. Um, uh, and- w- one more reason why a lot of these celebrities that just love to to rah rah the military and and the police. It's like, did did you drop out of high? Did you not never go to college and learn about real world history and what a fucking you know just complete bloody empire we've been our military well, Chris Pratt been. was a fucking waiter before he got discovered as a waiter. And and this is not to disparage him, but like I don't think he went to college. Like he, you know, I, I I just think he just never got that education. Like, uh, you know, he he just was a guy who you know had had a good, interesting look and had a good personality, and he got discovered like waiting tables in Hawaii, and they're like, "Hey, you should be an actor," and now he's an actor, and he's got people around him being like, "Well, obviously, you love the troops, right? Like, you're what are you a fucking communist? Like, we well, of course you love the troops. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's yeah. like, yeah, of course. It's it, just." It's, yeah, I mean they're 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 surrounded by such it's, it's, they're it's so insulated. They're so fucking insulated that it's it's disappointing because you see the propaganda in the movies, right? You see the propaganda yeah. in the articles at Washington Post that you know somebody at the CIA actually you know wrote the uh, the bullet points for and handed it off to a reporter to finish up <laughs> or wrote it wholesale uh, like or, or write wholesale, him. yeah, or or uh, <laughs> weapons contractor slash lobbyist slash think tank. Uh, board member slash, uh, you know, talking head on TV slash retired general. Exactly. Uh, But they'll just call him a retired general as if that's his only perspective. Then you salute him when he comes on MSNBC. Yeah, it's just you see the the pervasive propaganda, the low level brainwashing to just keep keep the public from being outraged at the wars we have. You know, when you even see like the bombs actually fall and drop and explode. I, I watched some footage of Israel bombing Damascus today, and I was I was blown away. I was like, wow, you never actually see what war looks like anymore. They never actually put the war on TV anymore, ever. No. It's still you, happening. You, you got to work we, to you find it. You just wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know unless you watched, like, Yeah, and the footage media. wasn't wasn't news footage. It was just some random person who happened to be at the airport that was being bombed filming it off a cell phone, right? And somebody had, like, put it on, like, the independent.uk website. No commentary, just raw footage of drums, bombs being dropped on the runway, huge pillars of fire and smoke coming up. And there's no commentary. It's it's almost boring to watch because you go, oh, this is really what war looks like. It's just yeah. silence and bombs going off. And you wonder, it's just like the guy filming that's like, hey, I hope that yeah. next one doesn't land on me. Like, you know, and it very well could, you know. Yeah. Uh, How much it, I can do. I'm not going to be able to outrun it. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even hear it. It hit you before you even heard it. Yeah, just fucking gross, but that's, you know, who we are as a fucking country now. Um, two fucking pro-war parties, but hopefully, I, I really do, and I know a lot of people are skeptical, but I really do think that Bernie can 
make a lot of changes in a positive direction. I don't think he's going to fully dismantle the military industrial complex. They'll fucking kill him before he does that, but he can, he can make dents and he can get the ball rolling and at least raise enough public consciousness of the issue to the point where eventually we can crush their fucking war machine. And I, I really hope that's my biggest hope for him as a president. I mean, obviously I want him yeah. to, push for medicare for all and all these things that i well, think he can uh, accomplish but yeah. that's like my biggest hope is for him to long term look at historically you know or even just since the industrial revolution how long militaristic industrial nation states are on top it's never more you know, militarily it's never more than about 70 80 years before they just exhaust themselves and they no longer have the will to do it publicly or financially, and it just and someone else steps in and does it right, and it's it's sort of at that that they point between yeah. where two different superpowers are kind of on the cusp. Like we had the Cold War, and it was kind of like we didn't really ever go to war. We didn't have these proxy wars during the Cold War at all, really. I mean, the the Cuban Missile Crisis was the closest thing, and that was god awful, of course. But it's I think right at the point, Russia right at the point where the real American Empire starts to crumble that's really when like watch out because there really could be another world war right then when somebody else really steps up and is like starts really challenging uh, you know america like trying to actually go and kick the american military out of the countries it's in another big yeah. army doing that that's the watch out for that <laughs> i yeah. guess that's yeah. the thing i'm really worried about because we're not going to react well to that we never react well to that no um, to our empire being challenged and i mean you know you look at and you and this is why studying history is so fucking important. You look at the fall of great. Uh, and when I say great, I mean great in terms of their historical significance, not great as in I like them, but uh, things like the Roman empire, they all fail because they overextend themselves militarily uh, and they're slaves to capitalistic uh, systems of governance. And it just eventually when you keep building on this house of cards, it just f completely collapses underneath. Like when, when you overextend yourself militarily, you can't defend anywhere when you're def when you're fighting everywhere you can't fight anywhere and that's what we're yeah. doing right now and and it, when you lose the house fail. of cards it's time to walk away forever not show up on christmas eve on youtube <laughs> making in a fucking santa, fucking santa apron kevin, making creepy videos that was kevin spacey i clicked play and the moment he looks up at the camera i hit i stopped it i was like no <laughs> I, that is too fucked up already. And he hasn't sends a chill down yet. your spine. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, this is really as bad as we already know it's going to be, isn't it? And then, oh lord, <laughs> I I likened it when I when I when I when you said to Terry when you told me about it, I likened it to like the when I watched that like that OJ interview where the the if I did it interview where he was talking yeah. about like how, how like Charlie was his accomplice if I did it you know this is all hypothetical like it really felt like that I was like what are you fucking doing bro like oh, you so... you still had some defenders like what are you doing like you're, real, you're, you're exactly real quick story today I had a guy call in and he had applied at the Seattle passport agency in person and when you go in person they'll tell you when to pick it up well they um before he left they said oh actually there's uh, an issue with your application it's going to require some additional uh investigation time to process and we'll call you when it's ready and so he's calling me to find out what's really going on and of course i can look at it and tell exactly what's going on there's uh either an active felony investigation into this individual or an active felony warrant one of the two i can see it exactly Which he knew, i'm sure right 
Well, they normally, they don't know yet. That's why we're not supposed to say oh. anything. They don't know yet. The fact that they're applying for a passport um, may or may not have anything to do with the crime they committed. But uh, this guy definitely knew because as I'm looking <laughs> at it, he's telling me he already knows something's up, right? So I could, I'm sharing a little bit more of my tone of voice. You know, I'm not like, oh, I don't sure. know what's going on. Like, like you uh, know. <laughs> I, I just said, well, I, all I can tell you is it's still processing and they'll let you know when it's ready. And it says HX. Well, I can't tell you exactly what it says because yeah, I yeah, might be doing whatever. Um, but it, it, fired. he says in this weird voice, he goes, "Come on, I'm not a bad guy." Oh he like my drags. God, that's butt. fucking creepy. creepy as hell. I was like, he sounded like Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> it, it was just like he was clearly like he knew he'd done something God, and it so rationalized unsettling. it. He'd already rationalized that he wasn't a bad person for whatever it was he fucking did. Now, whether that was embezzlement or you know, oh, you don't know it. You, like, it doesn't tell you what the warrants for. No, 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 no. Oh, wow. Defi- okay. Definitely not. But but I know what the codes are for. All that jargon, code language uh-huh. stuff. I know exactly what it means. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when you read a prescription thing. Like public doesn't know what that means, but you can read it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, What's one TPOQD? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you have an addict come in with a bunch of different prescriptions, you you can tell what's going on there, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, it's it's I've had people confess shit to me that they'd committed second degree murder after they actually got out of prison. They're like, <laughs> like, yeah, they got me for second degree murder, and I'm I'm just like, what do you say to that? Like, well, uh, but they don't know it's about mistakes. all the bodies I have in the basement. <laughs> you know, I mean, they really yeah. they really missed the boat on that. One. Exactly. But this guy, like, he knew what he did, and he said it in a way where he knew that I knew, which actually creeps me out. Right. The yeah, way he creepy. said it was that guy very might be a sociopath. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I I ended the call fairly quick after that, but I was just like, I knew he wasn't getting his passport. He knew he wasn't getting his passport. Um, it, it was just interesting because usually they're either not going to give like show their cards or they really don't know. Like it's possible somebody could have a name very similar to somebody else that was on a watch list, something like that. Right. And they, they're just, they're totally oblivious. And I can tell by the tone of voice, they're oblivious of what the problem is. Right. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, man, just when somebody's really like, I didn't really do it, but even if I did, which I think we both know I probably did, you still want me back, right? I'm not a bad guy. Just, ugh. ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Skin crawling, really. Yeah, it's exactly. truly skin crawling. Um, so don't be Kevin Spacey. Don't be that guy. Yeah, and, you um, know, there's there's been a few people I've could think of in the media, in world entertainment that have gotten accused and maybe, you know, uh, unfairly for what they probably actually did. And you can tell because they seem blindsided by it and they're like, I don't. This is crazy, whatever. And a lot that, of that stuff kind of goes, no, I don't want to say goes away, but like it, you can tell when it sticks versus when it's like when, when the majority of Americans are like, yeah, this is kind of right. like with the Aziz thing, you know, or it's, yeah, or just like, you know, oh, he wouldn't let me see my friends. Well, it'd be very easy for somebody to say, well, I don't want you to see that one person that I really don't like. Yeah. And then somebody turns that into, he wouldn't let me see any of my friends. Well, yeah. it's like, it, you know, lock you in the room. Then fucking, if the answer is no, then break sure. up with her. Like, right. like, well, you know. I mean, you can't always do that easily if it's really an actual manipulative relationship. But I, I've sure. seen people do that where they just, they don't like their ex and they exaggerate a lot, understandably. But the ones, you know, <coughs> the really, yeah. the really, the really awful <laughs> gross ones always will reveal it somehow eventually. <clears throat> Sorry, I was dying off microphone there. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I challenge anybody to, to to 
think about a time where you've described uh, a relationship after it's ended and hadn't exaggerated to make yourself look like the good guy. <laughs> like, sure. It just no, doesn't absolutely. fucking happen, of course. Um, yeah, yeah but yeah, no, I just <laughs> <laughs> taking a doing uh, some some dabs uh, off. Uh, no, off no, thing. no. I just just what water went down the wrong uh, wrong hole there. Um, gotcha. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> me too, you guys. Me too. But no. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that about does it for us this week. I wanted to chat about the 2020 contenders because we're obviously entering into primary season, uh, and it's gonna be full swing. It's gonna be a long two weeks. years. We're already. I feel like we're already like at full speed right now. If you spent any time on Twitter, you know. We're all going to be like fucking like crazy, like hobo beards by the end of it. Just like weary, like, oh, I see shit you can't believe. We're all going to be like fucking shell shocked <laughs> Vietnam vets by the end of it. Oh, oh God. Yeah. But, if you're that invested in it, you got to take some time off and just step away from, from Twitter, step away from the internet entirely. Yeah. Just go. There's a, um, a coffee shop right next to uh, the Capitol building close to where I live. And even on the worst. <clears throat> days of political strife i'll go into that coffee shop and there's actual politicians and their staffers and they all come in there and you can't tell who's a republican or who's a democrat mostly because they dress all the same and kind of talk the same but it's like there's no there's there's no animosity in in the real world the way there is online right and i think that's important not to lose sight of that uh in our day-to-day lives there is so much more that unites us than divides us and so many of these wedge issues are designed to make you hate someone that you wouldn't otherwise hate if you knew yeah. them in real life, you know, that have no legislative uh, teeth behind them, like issues that you like. You're like, oh, well, I don't like, you know, Mexicans. Go- OK, well, great. You're never going to be able to vote on whether or not Mexicans come across. You like yeah. the things that you actually would help your life. Uh, you, you know, that's why they distract you with these issues of identity politics, because they don't want you to all turn to each other and go, hey, right. Yeah, the rich people really are fucking us over, and we really could all use more money. And we really and, could, you know. Every time like, you see one of these hate crimes, it's somebody that like religiously watched um, Sean Hannity or Infowars, and they just got mm-hmm. they couldn't they never yeah. stepped away from it, got brainwashed. And you know, you got to take a break from that stuff, no matter who it is. People say, "Well, which media source source uh, should I trust?" And no, it's like none, none. none. Watch a bunch of different things. Get different perspectives. Educate yourself from as many different sources as you can. Here's three I like, I, but like don't don't yeah. only get your news from one source. You will turn into a lunatic that way. No, I watch TYT. I'll watch Democracy Now occasionally. I listen. Oh, I, yeah. I read The Intercept. I don't fucking trust any of them. It, it, you know, in in implicitly, I right agree with them often, but I oftentimes like this is fucking bullshit. Why are you sure. saying this? Or you're just ignorant on this like you know like exactly. you should no matter yeah. how well their intentions every human has bias right and everyone's sure. gonna gonna tell things in a way that you may agree with a lot but not always but you shouldn't look for any one person you agree with the most because you're never gonna find that and then if you do you're just gonna turn into a cultist who doesn't think for yourself anymore yeah. the media diversity or media uh, media literacy. Media, media literacy. Yeah, it, you're not going to get it from any one channel. You need to get it from listening to obviously us, Move Left Idiots, but also. But don't trust know, us either. If you think we're full of shit, yeah. I mean, I you know Look we, it up we on have your no own. absolutely. We have no you know dog in the fight. We have no financial incentive to do anything. But still, if you think we're we're or if you don't agree with us, even like you don't have to fucking trust our, our uh, what we say implicitly. We're just giving you our opinions based on our 
yeah. collation of news that a, we've in, taken in. I had a guy pull some bullshit online. Uh, he was <clears> like, "Well, where's your where's your evidence that Beto is a corporate uh, candidate?" And I was like, "Well, it's public record." I don't know, reality? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, just, I, I said it's, his, his voting record is public record. You have the evidence as much as I have the evidence. He's like, well, if you can't share it here, you clearly don't have it. Like, do you know what the fuck a public record means? It means everyone equally has access to it. So if you choose not to look something up, if you're still like stuck in 2008 land debating online tactics of like, well, if you can't prove it, you made the claim that he's corporate, whatever, you can't prove it. It's like, no, it's right fucking there. Fucking use the internet. You got all of it right there. Here's also a good tip, and I know you mentioned how there's a lot of bots trying to draw you into long, pro, pro, like prolonged arguments. If you say to somebody, "Okay, well, what policies do you support?" and they say something to the effect of, uh, "Well, I, I'm not gonna, I, I don't, I don't debate in bad faith or something like that," where they just won't say a single <laughs> policy they support, walk away because that person is a paid bot. They have no interest in engaging you in any kind of meaningful political discussion. They just want to. Uh, hammer away at you and maybe get you banned like there's no because that's right. that's cent- that's sally albright's number one tool and i realized it after i realized that i was fighting with all of her sock puppets online and i fought with right. her herself a bunch of times online but well, that's know, their number one tool because they I know that their policies that. are indefensible right well i didn't even ask that they'll just <clears> people that <throat> say well i used to support bernie until i found out that well, that's the same same exact yeah that's don't another one of their try tactics. to say well what changed your mind about don't because you know they're already lying you just say they're not a real person no you didn't you didn't like bernie before da 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 you know it, it's yeah. just it, other people you know it's uh, sally albright in her fucking basement exactly like, or, or, or the, on, the, you know the, the other one where people say oh well i support him on i support all the issues bernie stands for i just don't like him because he's too this or too that just to say, I don't like a supporter like that. Sounds like you're an anti-Semite then. If you like everything about a person, <laughs> person's politics, and you don't like them for some other reason, you know, oh, he's too old. He's too white. He's too uh, a- angry. He's too yeah, old. You're an ageist or an anti-Semite. He's clearly. too rich. He's too poor. He's like it's just you know that that think how many times you've seen the people of the Jewish faith be attacked for being too poor or being too rich at the same time, and then mm-hmm. notice how many times people attack Bernie for that same thing. Oh, he's too rich if he has a, a um, you know an apartment in two cities and a cabin in the woods. He's too rich. Oh, but he, yeah. he, Sally Albright attacked him for growing up a poor Jew. Her words, poor Jew. Yeah, I know. Their their racism is 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 barely bubbling beneath the surface. They just they just like to think that they're not racist. But right. Well, and it, if he it, was a right wing Netanyahu Jew, he would not be attacked for these things right no they would they, love him they would they right. would be like they would defend him vociferously the way they defend every fucking apac sponsored right. exactly candidate. they hate bernie for emulating the jesus <clears throat> socialist jew yeah the the socialist palestinian jew that 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 jesus was <laughs> if he actually existed you know? right yeah yeah well anyway um anyway so you know that 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 uh does it for us this week but uh be sure to come back next week our first episode of the new year i'm sure we will have plenty to discuss we will definitely Um, try to work out the kinks in some of the ongoing bugs we've had here we definitely want our uh, guests to not get dropped off the show um so uh, yeah that is unfortunate so yeah we're gonna uh, uh, potentially look into a different service but uh, we're gonna have to because uh come the new year we're going to be trying to bring you guys some extra content um we're obviously we're going to be doing the game of thrones cast and our hosting service now just doesn't provide enough hours of recording for us to do that so we're going to have to upgrade our hosting which means we're going to have to upgrade the cost per month of doing that so 
Uh, obviously, I talk a lot about you know ways you can support the show to keep it going, to get extra shows and extra content. Uh, if you go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash move left you can support the show there and we will in the future be bringing you uh you patreon unique content but we need to actually build up enough uh of a supporter base to uh start doing those shows because we need to expand our hosting capabilities uh, it's so been happening more often too i think in the last uh two weeks we've got i don't know about half a dozen patreon supporters who told us yeah, they no, were it's, like it's oh hey up. we we signed up for uh you know which we, we fucking super appreciate guys I, I really i can't stress enough how um yeah yeah we'll probably not um, start reading people's tweets uh live on the air like they do on tyt but uh we we're not yeah we're not that um <laughs> we're, we're not that uh self-indulgent but but we really appreciate all the support we get from you guys um for sure I actually want to read out some of the uh, the, the new Patreon uh, supporter names because I, I really appreciate uh, oh, sure. everyone's support. Uh, names are good. Yeah, at Patty tweeting, uh, John G. I won't read out the last names in case you don't want to have your name re- read out. Uh, John G. Uh, and Michael T. Uh, have uh, all joined up uh, in support. We really super appreciate that, guys, and it helps us. Uh, grow the show and again in the new year we're going to be doing game of thrones coverage we're going to be doing hopefully some uh additional coverage we obviously want to do more of the movie reviews uh as much as we can you know i'm getting married so i'm fucking busy all the time but we'll we'll try to squeeze in as many shows as we can i'm still uh, married to the show so uh (laughs) it's been it's been a great eight nine months nine months honeymoon i've been here every week for nine months wow uh wow yeah yeah um crazy right so yeah uh that you can help uh support the show that way um obviously you can find us soundcloud.com slash move left uh you can find us on apple Podcasts. you just search for move left idiots and you can rate reviews and subscribe over there and that helps us also get seen if you can't afford uh to support the show via patreon or via uh, teespring totally understandable we're all fucking broke i get it uh but just share the show out that's a free thing that you can do to just help the show out and help the show get heard by more people uh which you know also helps the show uh expand its base and expand its message and reach. yeah and then you can brag and be like i knew that show back in year one baby yeah, so again, that's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Facebook Facebook.com slash move left idiots. Um patreon.com slash move left, I said. Uh Teespring, uh, you can support us on there. We have a new link with new merch. That's move left uh time, excuse me, tinyurl.com slash move left merch is the new link for that. Uh, Everyone's writing this down there. furiously. <laughs> right tinyurl.com slash move left merch and we have uh new shirts with a new logo on it we have uh baby onesies we have phone cases we have socks move left socks which i actually might pick up a pair of they're pretty move left socks (laughs) Uh, the the way in people in the midwest say the word um the word socks sounds like sucks so yeah yeah well whatever Ash I hope uh, you has, might have to edit a lot of this. You might have to clean up a lot of this ending. <laughs> nah, it's fine. We're, we're we're getting through it. We're we're, we're slogging through. But um, no. So I think you've mentioned uh, the Teespring twice now. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> go 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 to it twice. You know, buy two things. That, that, yeah, we're we're like an hour fifty. So uh, please forgive us. Yeah, and uh, 
yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you in the new year. Uh, hope the year uh, treated you well. Uh, if not, next year uh, hopefully it will be better. But uh, Donald Trump's our president, and the Democrats are feckless, and everything's horrible, so probably not. Uh, I wish I had <laughs> something more hopeful to end on. But, uh, no, you know, there, there's hope at the end of the tunnel. We, we, we're, we're optimistic about 2020, and I, I still think it's Bernie's race to lose. So. Yeah. And on hope, Bernie 2020. Yeah. And we will see you guys in the new year.